Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode of James Bonding is brought to you by Mack Weldon. With a smart design, premium fabrics, and a simple shopping experience, Mack Weldon underwear is definitely better than whatever you are currently wearing. In addition to looking and feeling great, all Mack Weldon products are crafted with natural fibers that have built-in performance capabilities so they work hard too. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. If you're Pierce Brosnan, I don't know that you need to eliminate odor because your natural odor is probably, like, very charming. I'll bet it filters out the bad and amplifies the good, which would make Pierce Brosnan the sweetest-smelling flower this side of the Thames. All of that, and they're shipped right to your door. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. You can get uh, 20% off if you go to MacWeldon.com and use the purchase code BONDING. If you're listening, Pierce Brosnan, the purchase code is BONDING. If you're listening, Pierce Brosnan, I'll buy you one for free. Don't even worry about the discount. I hope he's listening. Here's the show. Matt and Matt, Matt and Matt, James Bonding Podcast. Myra Gorley, Gorley, Myra. James Bonding Podcast, it's the James Bonding Podcast. Oh boy, Matt Gorley, we should learn a lesson. And that lesson is never record this podcast ahead of time. Oh, Right. We took, oh, we took what were you going to say? Wait we a minute. Different, we took different things from this. We uh, thought we'd save ourselves some work and get a little ahead of the game because God knows it was dry as a remainder biscuit after a voyage as far as Bond news goes. But then as soon as we started recording three weeks ahead, all this stuff comes trickling in. Yeah. As you remember last week, we gave you a 20-minute interlude in the middle of the podcast to discuss news that had happened, and uh, we thought for sure we were going to be just fine with this lovely Roger Moore tribute we're about to deliver you. That's right. But we right. were wrong. Yes. Next week, the movie will probably be out, Bond 25, <laughs> the um, way this is going. Just shocking. I mean, yeah. really, I think with this means is that the bond franchise needs us definitely they can't do anything without us recording right i mean i think that's the evidence is there i have yet to see evidence to the contrary so with that in mind i guess we just have to keep doing this podcast we're ever gonna get another james bond movie that's true i understand and keep it daniel craig which is what this little insert is all about as of today, it hasn't come officially from from 007.com itself, but all of the major newspapers are reporting that Daniel Craig is back for two more films. This is absolutely crazy, guys. We did not have any inkling that this was going to happen, but it has happened twofold. 
I can't yeah. believe it. So we're seeing reports from everyone from The Guardian to The Independent to Forbes to The Daily Mail. So uh, it's it's been reported in enough places that Matt and I felt like, hey, we should get on and mention it. We're not dum-dums. We know about the news. Yeah, this isn't some shatterhand rumor. This is real stuff. This is real stuff. So uh, what you're going to hear is we talked to our guest, Phil Nobile Jr., who is amazing. Uh, we talked to our guest all about the great Roger Moore. And afterwards, we asked him a little bit of like, hey, what's going on with this news? Is there any news out there? And uh, at the time, there wasn't a ton. So this this little update for you is, we know. Yes. And then other than that, um, it's just up for us to do our conjecture on not what this one Daniel Craig Bond movie will be about, but what two movies. Are they going to continue the through line of the story? Are they going to play a little bit more like Skyfall did outside of the sandbox? Or what's going to happen? We'll tackle that as we think of it in future episodes i guess and we have some weird uh rumors about how much he's getting paid for these two movies and right now the figure i've been seeing out there is he's getting 150 million dollars to do the both of these movies Jeez, that's about what we're getting for this podcast yeah thereabouts give or take about 150 million that's yeah and i mean just this episode just i mean we are here only to make millions of dollars. <laughs> um, that's that's how that's why anyone is in podcasting. Here's an article in uh, the Guardian that says Daniel Craig should quit while he's ahead as Bond. But the kind of the case they're making is Connery didn't, and he paid the price. But they're talking more about Never Say Never Again, which isn't fair. I think even Diamonds Are Forever isn't a fair comparison because. I agree, Connery stepped away both times and came back. There was an in-betweener. That's that's what yeah. you're forgetting. And, and so far we've had Daniel Craig, and Daniel Craig's only 49 years old. And I think what we're all forgetting is that uh, 2017, 49, and 1986, 49 are very different. Yes, and I, I will also back that up by saying if we're taking like the um, the trajectory of the previous bond specifically roger moore because he went seven films Mm -hmm. specter is your moonraker and Mm -hmm. we are due for a four year eyes only and then even better for my money an octopusy (laughs) to close it out i am immensely excited about this news i love it and i think that it's great because of what it will allow for this for for our beloved daniel craig to do is to really say goodbye and if they're going to do on her majesty's secret service that's going to really allow him to do what what sean connery couldn't do you start diamonds are forever with you know him going after blofeld but you know it's really got no through line whatsoever with on her majesty's secret service yeah i think they're going to keep blofeld as the main villain and kill him in the second one but they'll probably have a secondary villain like some specter head number seven or whatever Mm -hmm. and they'll really be able i think we'll see some like great acting from daniel craig too if you know madeline swan is somehow dispatched or whatever i don't know i think we're in for some exciting times he's got the chops he's got the chest he's got the look it's daniel craig everybody all right i think that about sums it up Um, all right without further ado everyone here is your long promised roger moore tribute Uh uh-oh 
Hey everybody, welcome back to James Bonding. That's right, we're sitting here with a guest that I think has been a long time coming as, as someone to appear on this show. We have here today Phil... It's Noble, right? It's Nobile. Nobile? See, now this is... What, Whoa, this is this news. Is this because... <laughs> Hot scoop. Phil and I specifically have never met face-to-face, though we've been online friends for quite a while. Sure. What I What I feel like is when John McClane meets Al at the end of Die Hard. Right. And I'm not saying who's who. Are you afraid who. of killing kids? Is that the problem? Well, you he may be John McClane. I could be Al. Uh, oh. I thought he was McClane in this story. But. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily true. Because also I think, Phil, is whatever we do over here with James Bonding yeah. on the West Coast, you're like the East Coast rep. He writes for Birth Movies Death, and he handles all the Bond news there. He's incredibly knowledgeable about this stuff. And not only knowledgeable, but insightful. You should Google his uh, article on Casino Royale. It's one of the best Best things on Bond I've ever written. Wow. Ever read. <laughs> ever written. Ever written. <laughs> By the way, I write every. I write everything for Phil. I am not real. <laughs> um, thank. That's very nice of you to say. I feel like uh, Charlie Buckets right now, or or maybe the little Filipino guy who got to be the lead singer for Journey. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is something. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for a while. I didn't like your podcast at first. Well, that's not understandable. I, was, I, I understand. I was in a cranky, bonded, serious mood, and uh, at that time, <laughs> and um, like I, I learned to kind of not take Bond so seriously in a yeah. large part thanks to this podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to be here in person. Yeah, Thank you guys for that. It's nice that you can fully appreciate what I hope comes across in this podcast is that Matt and I, at the end of the day, we just we love James Bond. We do. Love we'll it. we'll have some fun with it to we the ends of the earth. Always take it too seriously, but honestly, especially what we're going to talk about tonight, it was never really asking to be taken too seriously in some eras. And that's on them. Yes, that's really yeah. on them. But we truly like you, Phil. We uh, love it. Uh, Phil right now is wearing the uh, watch from Skyfall. It's the uh, Omega Planet Ocean. Mm-hmm. Phil is the only other human I know that has a powder blue terry cloth. Goldfinger play suit. I do. Yeah. And I, I got it from a, a lovely lady on Etsy, and then I took it to my tailor, and, oh, and you that really was the, for it. one of the strangest conversations I've I ever had in my imagine. life. I can imagine. I said, I need you to bring it up so that if I wasn't wearing anything underneath, my scrotum would be hanging out of it. <laughs> and he looked at me strangely, and he charged me 50 bucks, and we got on with our lives and agreed to never speak Did he look at you well. strangely, or was there a twinkle in his eye where he said, finally? <laughs> <laughs> Why I got into the business. I've been looking to accentuate the man's scrotum for years. Yeah. And finally, this young boy who wants to play as James Bond. I don't know why he has an accent, but he does. It's a South Philly Italian accent, but ah, you can do that. Forget it. You want to see your balls? I gotcha. <laughs> Try this Philly cheesesteak. Right? Well, he's not dice. Uh. But, you know. You just name-checked the state and its <laughs> biggest gross domestic product? Well, I said Philly. Wait, so is I named it Capital. Okay. And then... Capital's it's, Harrisburg, it's, but okay. It's, I named it... It's, <laughs> I named what it should be Capital. We uh, All of our agreed. authority and credentials have already gone out the let's, window, and we haven't even spoken about Bond. For a second, let's just talk about Pennsylvania. Oh. Why is Philadelphia not the... Why is it not the capital? I don't know. Why is Sacramento the, the capital of California? He raises it. Why is Albany, Albany. the capital of New York? Yeah. Why is Trent the capital of New Jersey? Hmm. Fuck New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Well, that hurts. He lives in New Jersey. I, listen, the guy's going to Philly, though, to tailor. He's not getting his tailoring done in Trenton. No, when I'm no. not an animal. <laughs> well, very look, we're happy to have you here, Phil. It was it I, was right to have you the first one in this round. I'm honored to be here. I'm sad you never got in the last round, yeah. but you know we're gonna have to reserve a movie for you. 
Oh, we are. I feel like you'll at, in some way be a regular correspondent, even if we have to Skype in with you on certain things, especially as Bond news unfolds, because you're, Absolutely. You're, you're, you got your, you're plugged in. You got your finger on the pulse. Whenever that might be. I yeah. know. It's we, a drought out there. It yeah. feels like there should be something by now. I have a theory. Oh. It's not my theory. Let's talk about the theory. They are hanging back on any Bond 25 stuff. They're letting... Trump Daniel get Craig. out of office first? Well, that okay. would be wonderful. <laughs> I, there's a theory that they're going to let Daniel Craig have his Logan Lucky moment before they start obscuring that with Bond news. Mm. Uh-huh. And I hope that's true. I think no news is good news because if he knew for sure he didn't want to come back, I think he would have said, well, I think he'd also go like, I'm not going to hold you up, go. But I think it's a a dance of him saying, I I need more time to recoup because clearly it takes it out of him doing it. And the producers saying like, let's not totally push him right now. Right. And the longer he gets from the last film, the more he probably romances it and goes like, "All right, that wasn't so bad." Yeah. So I think I think there's a good chance of him coming back for one more. And well, there's one other bit of evidence: when Roger Moore passed, Daniel Craig's goodbye was uh, sent from the 007 Twitter account. Mm, like that's right. It was a picture and a note from Daniel Craig, and it was sent from that account. Mm. So he's still part of the family. Maybe he runs the Twitter account. For... What if he did? Yeah. I could not see a personality type in life that less would be likely to be running <laughs> an official Twitter account for anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the passing of Roger Moore, that is the sad occasion that brings us here on the opening episode of our... Are we calling yeah. this a second season? This is uh, James Bonding season two. Yes, yeah. let's call it season. This two. is the Lazenby years. The Lazenby years. This yeah. is our. So it's, so it's one, one and done. One and, and then done. we're into one and done. Roger Moore, and then we're back to our old format. <laughs> so, what were your initial feelings? By the way, I should mention this happened on my birthday. His death. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it hit me like uh, you're always expecting it. You were always. I was always for- felt fortunate. I was like, oh, all the bonds are I know. still alive. It always yeah. felt like a. A thing. You don't get that. Like, your Beatles are only half yeah. alive. You're not all your stones are there. You know, who else? You don't have all of Led Zeppelin. You don't have no. all of the who. Yeah. These people burn out. That's right. But a lot of had... Star Wars actors yes. have passed on, you know? And you think of a hard living archetype, you think of a James Bond actor. And yeah. the fact that they were all still with us was a, was a surprise. I and... have to admit, I thought it would be. Connery, Connery, even though he's a few course, years younger than of Moore. Of course, but yeah. he still has tennis to keep him vibrant. <laughs> Is that what he's doing? He, he goes to tennis matches. Okay. He, he goes to watch there. them. He just sits there and like pumps his fist for Andy Murray. That's what he does. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. But he's huh. so low-key. Roger Moore was so out there. Yeah. He was such a public presence. He was he was on Twitter, not like Daniel Craig. I know. Very true. Uh, yeah. And so it, it was a shock because he seemed so vital still. Yeah. He also seemed like a... He seemed... More like James Bond, I think, than the other actors in the sense of how he liked his free time and how he chose to evade taxes and move to a to a beach location. <laughs> and have multiple marriages. And, and just, I felt like he was living his life to the fullest yeah. and most Bondian. He's certainly the actor that embraced the role and the lifestyle the most. Absolutely. And wore it as a badge of honor, which I always respected. I Now, you I said certainly, that. and Phil's phone thought you said, hey, Siri. Oh, and what, and what, <laughs> let's see what it responds to. There's nothing to read. Oh, oh, you have a British Siri. Oh, yes. This is unbelievable. I'll tell you what, there is something to read, because I want to read to you just a little excerpt from a wonderful article in the New York Times written by A.O. Scott, which was a bit of a eulogy for Roger Moore for a certain generation. And he was talking about 
generation Xers. So it goes like this: I grew up being. Uh, Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little betting music of nobody does it better. That's nice. You guys can't hear this, but the audience loves it. We can hear it. Oh, you can. Yeah, I'm not plugged in. (laughs) You guys can hear this. Uh oh. Say what you will about the James Bonding podcast, but our tech work has never been paralleled. Oh, now it sounds amazing. Okay, (laughs) believe me. I grew up being reminded at every turn that Sean Connery was the better Bond, the quote, real Bond, as if such ridiculous Anglo-American Cold War confection could stake any kind of claim to authenticity. The Connery consensus seemed like part of a larger baby boomer conspiracy to bully people my age into believing that everything we were too young to have experienced firsthand was cooler than what was right in front of our eyes. We've been struggling against that ever since, which is why we invented so much of the cool stuff that everyone takes for granted now. Back in the 70s and 80s, the older 007 installments, especially Goldfinger for some reason, showed up reliably on television, but for me they could never match the sublime, ridiculous thrill of seeing The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, and Octopussy on the big screen. Those movies were heavenly trash, with plots you didn't really need to follow, and sexual innuendo that struck my young eyes and ears as deliciously risque. There were radio-friendly pop songs and over-the-top action sequences. Mr. Moore exerted himself heroically, grappling with villains atop a moving train, chasing them down ski slopes or into outer space. His unflappable suavete, accompanied by an occasional smirk or upward twitch of the eyebrow. He knew exactly how silly these endeavors were, but he was committed to them all the same. He was an ironist and a professional, and as such a pretty good role model for post-60s pre-adolescence. Mr. Connery brought a rough sexual swagger to Ian Fleming's fantasy of British masculine competence. Later, Daniel Craig would bring a pouty, wounded prettiness. (laughs) His 21st century 007 is at pains to seem sensitive, ambivalent, woke. But Mr. Moore's blithe efficiency has always struck me as a truer expression of the Bond ideal. He was, by his own admission, an actor of modest gifts, which made him perfect for the role, at least as far as I'm concerned. My James Bond is not macho compensation for lost imperial power like Mr. Connery's or an anxious avatar of globalization like Mr. Craig. He is a cartoon superhero in an evening wear, a man whose mission is to embody and therefore to transcend a second-hand, second-rate age, to be cool and clever in a world determined to be as lame and dumb as possible. <laughs> Nobody did that better than Roger Moore. Hard to argue with that. I mean... Did it was, play at that yeah. time? Lovely. See, we did a great job. Marvin Hamlish is up there sitting, having oh. a americano with Roger Moore. Marvin, uh, that was beautifully said. Wasn't that well written? I had not read that. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna fade this out like a cool dude. And that's true because he, you know, we're all within a certain age range. I think Matt was Brosnan more your guy. Brosnan was more in my wheelhouse of youth. Yeah. Um, but again, I had the back catalog of VHS yeah. to keep me up to date. More you, was you my, and I yeah. saw Octopussy as our first theatrical bond. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what what that was beautifully said, and it's hard to add to it. But what you have to really give Roger more credit for it was taking over a role as iconic as it was when one guy had failed, kind of. Yeah, uh, and like that's the mark of a, a an icon. He he brought it. He made it his own. He didn't try to imitate it, another guy, and he bent it to his own personality rather successfully and like that's not something that had happened before in terms of an iconic roles that were recast and it's hard to do now yeah i think yeah uh there's a scrutiny to a recasting on that level that he you know 
escaped unscathed. You got to give him props. And for it's it. also like hard to think about other roles that that are as iconic as James Bond. It's a franchise now that's been going for fifty plus years. It's something that has been with you know generation generationally with males in a family. I feel like it's something that's passed down. Like you know, before you're old enough to drive, let me show you this guy. Yeah, it's basically like in the old days that father would take the son out hunting from yeah. the cave and now they just show them a bond film <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> now they pop an octopus so indiana jones would be the only analogous thing i could imagine because to me i feel like i would fall in that baby boomer role of if you recast that role i am such a harrison ford fan yeah. of that character i can't imagine i know there have been people posited to go into that role like chris pratt and stuff and right. say i won't say anything against him but still it wouldn't feel right but but how he did it i mean it may it may have been the combination of how he made it his own and that lazenby failed that yeah set I, it up for i him. always give lazenby credit for taking the bullet yeah he really did yeah he was first on the beach do you think it made it do you think that made it uh easier for more you think yeah. that a little bit yeah. yeah i think somebody had to take that bullet like think about the next guy's gonna play wolverine right, right. yeah yeah one guy played it for 18 years now yeah it's uh Lazenby sort of had to be the palate cleanser. Yeah. Let's all remember that Dougery Scott was going to take that role and then decided to do Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> how's how's Doug, Doug Ray? Is it Doug Ray? I always thought it was Doug Ray. You know what? Either way. The point is, I would know if he had taken the role yeah, of Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> of the point is, we don't know. These days, he'll answer to you. <laughs> so do you have a favorite Roger Moore moment? I mean, I know there are many, but I'm just trying to think. You mean... In the films. In the films, yeah, Bond. He is he is unique in the fact that what we both have decided are the two worst moments in the history of Bond happened on his watch. <laughs> uh, That's right. If you you're know. just joining us, we still have a... I still... I think I probably lost the hashtag you battle, did. but I will maintain... That Kananga inflating and bl- popping like a balloon is worse than the pigeon double take. Solely no, no. because the pigeon double take is intended as comedy. And the it other it one is, isn't. but it also is physically impossible, and it's a pigeon triple take. Okay, fine, we but it is physically back, impossible we to inflate like a balloon and says float you. up. <laughs> Have you tried it? Just the idea that a pigeon would even acknowledge this boat that's driving. I, I Look, we're right back into it. I know, I know. Uh, but that's... Phil, where do you fall on this? <laughs> I'm just grateful to witness the magic <laughs> at the moment. And I'm thankful that I live in a world where I don't have to choose one or the other. Oh, come on! Well, here's the thing about Roger Moore and why I was so cranky about him for a while. is that All of our Roger Moore's iconic moments were stuntmen. It's like mm. Willie Bogner jumping right, off sure, a cliff sure, yeah. So in his passing, you have to sort of step back and say, what's what was really his moment? That was belonged to him that he well, owned. I think it's knocking a child out of a boat <laughs> <laughs> or slapping Maude Adams. Like, so yeah. Um, it's funny you should say that about the stuntman thing because I put on View to a Kill the other day because it was Tuesday, and uh, that opening sequence is I love the opening yes. sequence, but Roger Moore literally never steps foot in snow. Everything they go to him is close ups in studio. And so it is 90% stuntman and not even for stunts, just like mildly jogging up a hill. That's why they had that fur-lined hoodie. But that's part of what I love about it. I think that my favorite moment of his, I just think him in the capsule at the end of The Spy Who Loved Me, when he's being gawked at by Q and M. Uh, Those are his best moments. All of the ending lines are pretty great. But it's also just like he's just such a... 
he by then is James Bond, and he by them has turned he at, by that point he has turned James Bond into Roger Moore. Yeah, that naughty schoolboy thing. Where yeah. Like yeah, he gets caught doing something, and yeah. he just sort of acknowledges mm-hmm. it. Yeah. There's, I watched uh, Spy You Love Me and For Your Eyes Only back-to-back when they did the UNICEF charity screenings. And he's got a moment in both of them that I kind of – it's signature Roger Moore. And it's not like one is bigger than the other. But when someone is trying to kill him and he looks out the window and gives them a little like, <laughs> yes. sort of neighborly nod. <laughs> oh, the woman in the helicopter in Spy Who Loved yes, Me, right? Yes, yeah. Carolyn Monroe in there. Oh, and, and yeah. And the guys when he's driving around the Citroen. In I also think oh, like yeah. when he's fighting off the advances of a 14-year-old ice skater, it's really that's <laughs> right. Roger Moore for me. You know what? I, I <laughs> love the... <laughs> <laughs> I love the backgammon scene in Octopussy because I do think that's... A nice little equally matched moment, yeah. battle of the wits, chess game. I mean, not literally, but I, I really like that whole scene. Yeah, it's almost as iconic as when uh, Sean Connery's playing that video game against in, the uh, <laughs> Never Say Never like Again. Would have been playing in the theater next door. <laughs> They're probably right around the same time in the film, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always, though, think of Roger Moore as the, you know, it, some people think it was to Bond's detriment that Moore made it so campy. But I also think that it, it, for the for the time, for the 70s and the 80s, I, I just feel like that was the Bond we needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everything else was pretty gritty yeah. in the 70s. <clears throat> you know, you watch, a, you watch The French Connection, yeah. and you're like, good God, this is great, but it's really intense. And yeah. then you put on The Spy Who Loved Me, and it's like, ha! Ah! Yeah. But don't you on some level pine for what a gritty 70s Bond might have been like? Uh, With like yeah. Terrence Stamp in there or uh, something? Yeah, that's yeah, true. I do, but I'm okay with what we got. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I have no regrets for the Roger Moore years. I, I put them on probably... I probably watch his Bond more than anyone. I do Now too. I'm thinking about it. I do too. Solely due to one movie. <laughs> We'll get to we'll it. Get to, we'll get to that. We're, we're going to rank I'm the Roger it. Moore films. Should we just move into that? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll talk about all of his entire his entire James Bond run while we go through these movies. We will, and then we have a little treat where uh, Phil brought his copy of Roger Moore's book, Live and Let Die. <laughs> yes. And it has some wonderful insights in there. Phil, if you might remember, if you follow uh, Matt or I on Twitter, uh, is the man who brought to the attention, uh, brought to our attention, this book uh, that is just filled with Roger Moore being a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> uh, so here's the format. We we sort of established this format in the music episode, the music of James Bond. This we'll, is trademarked, by the way. This is this formula trademarked. We Matt, came up with Matt Corley, Matt Myra, uh, 2016. Yeah, uh, we're bringing it out again. Was that 2016 we, when we did that? Yeah, we did it in December, Jesus. right? Didn't we do it over Christmas break? I, I felt like know. we did. Whoa. Um, we were home we're, from college. We're back, guys. Yeah. we're back and we're back in action. Um, so here's the deal. We uh, have asked our guest Phil to rank their favorite James Bond movies. Matt and I have done the same. You and asked me to do this ten minutes ago. We That's did. Right. Yeah, uh, we all fairness, made our list. Matt did text us both a few hours ago. Yeah. Oh. I was in the middle of uh, 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 network notes with my showrunner, so I was typing on the 
uh, my Apple Watch. <laughs> but honestly, no. it, for us, it should be something, if someone put a gun to your head and said, rank the Roger Moore movies, you should be able to just <laughs> rattle them off. Absolutely sure. be able to do that. Yeah. So we're going to rank our movies, and we are not going to talk about a movie until it has been mentioned by all three parties. And we go from worst to first, and not that there is a worst Roger Moore movie. There can't be. They one. only just get better. Least yes. Favorite. There's yeah. a least favorite to most favorite. And this is our subjective favorite picks that that you'll see especially in some of my picks some of the films are objectively better or worse than i may rank totally. them but totally yeah uh so i guess we'll start first the guest gets to uh divulge this information first Damn it. sorry what is your least favorite of the roger moore movies okay we're just talking favorite which one do you pop in the least yeah i'm gonna go moonraker Moonraker. Interesting answer. Now we're going to have to give that one mark because it has been mentioned by one of the parties. Now, Matt Gourley. Well, I'm going to go The Man with the Golden Gun. Whoa! That is very surprising. Really? Now, my answer is For Your Eyes Only. That is the Bond movie I watch the least. Now... so, also, I'm not putting what I watch the least. I'm just saying favorite, least favorite. I, I think that's a brave choice because I think you're going to catch hell for that, but I'm with you. But I think it's, honestly, it's one that I'm like looking at the, you know, opening this delightful box set and I go, hmm, what am I going to pop in today? Yeah. That one is never selected. No, same here. It might suffer from the fact that it's on a page with another of our favorite movies, but I just, right. I'm like, no. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, number, number six. The the second least favorite from all of us. Uh, we have a we have one for for your eyes only one for Moonraker and one for the man with the golden gun. Uh, let's flip the order. I will go first. My second least favorite Roger Moore James Bond movie is Moonraker. Hmm, interesting. Yes, since we're going in reverse, a counterclockwise fashion. Mr. Matt Gorley. Let's talk Moonraker. Ooh. Now, I like this movie, and I watch it a fair amount, but it's it's We bo- did it. Bonkers. We got to one already. <laughs> it's bonkers. It is 18 movies in one. It is endless. <laughs> it, is, it is mistake after mistake. Holly Goodhead. I think the most egregious James Bond uh, name. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I think there's no effort into that. Well, we did figure out that Sylvia Trench was under the radar pretty bad. (laughs) But subtle. Subtle. Because it took us 35, 40 years to figure out that that was a a horrible, horrible derogatory name for a female. But uh, Holly Goodhead, I think, is lazy. Mm. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. And let's, I mean, let's talk about the villain. I think this is, this results from the James Bond problem that happens uh, throughout the years. I think every five years or so you... A uh, James Bond movie is the result of what is popular in cinema at mm. the time. Uh, and they're like, hey, we should do that. We have this great character. Let's put him in something. And, you know, this is in the 70s. This is after the uh, massive success of Star Trek the motion picture. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, and it's just their sort of attempt to do a space Bond movie. And they... All, what do we have at that time? We have a shuttle. Well, we have a, a shuttle that, you know what, I gotta be honest with you guys, it was not designed to leave low Earth orbit. 
This thing is not going to that space thing. Doesn't matter. So you're gonna you're gonna Neil deGrasse Tyson this. I'm morning? gonna knock it on that point. <laughs> I love that opening. I love where the shuttle takes off. Laser on guns. The airplane. <laughs> Laser it's guns. It's brilliant. It's a total rehash of prior Bond movie. It's twice. Yeah. It is. Uh. It is really. What's the villain's name in that? Drax. Hugo Drax. Drax. Hugo Drax. And he's low energy, but I like him too. I like his just uh, you know wry that, delivery. That has one of my favorite Roger Moore moments in is it, it when the, they're hunting. Yes, that is a great one. When they're out hunting and he just pops the guy who's got a sniper you rifle trained Mr. on him. Bond. Did I? Did I? <laughs> That's a nice little moment. And then there's this hammer horror moment where these oh, Dobermans so tear strange. apart a woman in slow motion. Yes. Odd. Yeah. My problem with Moonraker is that if, if they committed to a Bond in space movie, I think it would probably be in our top three. But it's just a full-length Bond movie where he's wandering right. around city to, to city yeah. Yeah. and then the last half hour is in space. Yeah. That's, it, is the, it suffers the most from clearly the producers and production designer went on a globe-trotting <laughs> scouting session and went, a little of that, a little of that, a little of that, and like we'll figure out a way to put them together. And that, I want to go to these places. He also holds a pigeon double take. Mm. Yeah, that's a Glenn, right? That's a John Glenn movie. John Glenn. It's yeah. no, it's a Louis Louis Gilbert. Is it? Yeah. Sorry, let me. I, oh, Glenn did all the stunt, the old yeah. second check, unit. I think John Glenn might have edited it. He did. Oh yes, which is why I which blame him for the pigeon double take. Yeah, he probably did the second trip, unit. They couldn't get a pigeon. I knew it was in my head for some reason. I was blaming John Glenn for some reason, and that was it. And of course, I'm not referring to John Glenn, the late great astronaut who would have probably helped on that movie. <laughs> yes, I'm referring to John Glenn, the stunt coordinator turned editor. <laughs> I think he's the editor. Yeah, he's the he editor. He was the editor, and I think he did some second unit stuff and okay. then, then got to be director yeah. on the... He was in the family. Like, he was one. just in the machine. Yeah. Part of the, in the broccoli the machine. Uh, so, I think we've set our piece on Moonraker, yeah. and now we need I to I do hear... watch it fair, fairly. Uh, it's one that if it's regularly. on... Uh, then again, if there's yeah. a James Bond movie on, I'm stop and watch it. Now, Phil, we need to know your second least favorite Roger Moore movie. It's View to a Kill. This, I feel like yeah. we're just not talking about this one for a while. Uh, oh. View to a Kill. This is unbelievable that you would say such mm-hmm. a thing. No, it's, very, right. it's very believable. I understand it, but it's I have just... a reason. All we'll right, get, we'll, we'll get, get there. It. We'll get there. Okay, so now, since we are going again in reverse order, we're going to start with Phil, your third what? least favorite. Okay, then I'll just go up to the next one and say Octopussy, I think. Octopussy. Yeah. Phil, we are just so far apart on things. I can't I, even I understand know. what's happening. Know, but it's... All right, I will say my... Uh, this is now the third least favorite. Uh, I have Live and Let Die on here. Really? Yes, I do. Boy, Roger Moore films are a litmus test for how different three human beings can be. And I think we're <laughs> discovering that Moonraker is the only thing that brings us together. Yeah, united. <laughs> so far. Wow, okay. Um, my third... He's going to get his little list down here. Is uh, not going to be popular. Uh-huh. The Spy Who Loved Me. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That is just egregious on yep. so many levels. I know, I know. Don't. You do not need to write in on our opinions. You you can write in for other happy, fun reasons. Yes. Again, these are opinions. Yeah. These are not fact. Uh, we hope that you at home have your own opinions. In fact, we, should st- we stated this before when we've done this podcast, but I think one of the best things about the Bond series mm-hmm. is that 
it is so varied and there's something for everyone to like in these movies and so you shouldn't get mad at the differences you should celebrate the differences and when you when unless you, you a, like a Brosnan when you have the life sentence of being a Bond fan you're grateful for the variety yes ultimately. it's true it you're watching 24 movies in semi-regular rotation it's, yeah. it's nice when they're different from each other yeah, yeah let me ask you this when you go to put Star Wars on you got a lot less choices it totally your, your palate is limited here it's a it's it's a golden table buffet. Have you yeah. added the Force Awakens into your rotation? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah but although I liked Rogue One more, but I don't rewatch it as much. I liked Rogue One more as well. I also don't rewatch it as yeah. much. Oh. Phil, do you have a opinion? I saw them both in the theater and never watched them again. Wow, I don't know what that says. No, no, me, but... agreed. <laughs> I also saw them both in the theater and never watched. Oh, them. really? I've watched them a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a real homebody, and I, <laughs> I like television. I got to tell you, Matt uh, and I, when we were discussing doing this podcast again, we uh, we sort of just landed on the fact that we both we like to be home, but Matt likes to be home a lot. I do, I do. Well, Matt has built a home with his own two hands, like a I real know. man. I know. I'm so jealous when I see him on social media, like just creating his domain. This is it's, it's insane. It's it's almost as though he has a large scale planer and he's chopping trees and getting <laughs> lumber. It's no. just it's not what I would have guessed. It's no, unbelievable. No, with the leather door, son of a bitch. Well, so beautiful. I didn't do that. That was I was too. But you I were cared wise too enough. Much. But you were wise enough to have some professional do it. Ed Lanzetti, Lanzetti Upholstery in Pasadena. Check him out. He's nice. great. I guess I have to go over there and say I want the Matt Gorley. He'll give it to you. Do I say I want the Matt Gorley? Do I say I want the M? I say the Matt Gorley because I don't think he still <laughs> fully understands it's from a James Bond it. movie. He's never done it before or since. Uh, you didn't get the same story my tailor did about the <laughs> <laughs> no, no twinkle in his eye. <laughs> Hey, you coming in here for a door? Hey, I got a door right here. You I want, want about an inch and a half from the ground so you can seize my scrotums. <laughs> so, and I mean seize it with a Z. Uh, so, Matt, we're going back to you. Well, then I should check. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the board with For Your Eyes Only. Uh, for Your Eyes Only has two on the board. Dang. Mm-hmm. Uh... We're coming back this way, Phil. Market for your eyes only. Whoa, Whoa here we ding, go. Ding, 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 ding. It's like hitting a bonus in a slot machine. Yeah. I, in fact, this diagram I'm doing looks like one of those complicated. Looks like you're a crazy person. Well, that How too. many pay lines do we have? It's so many. <laughs> All uh, right. Let's talk about for your eyes only. It's um it's a return to base level for Bond after Moonraker. Yep. Yeah. Down to earth literally. Like we, yeah, and below sea level. Yeah, that's right. So far down to earth. We see Roger, one of Roger Moore's mo- most serious dramatic moments in kicking the car over the edge, <laughs> something he was not comfortable with. I mean, if you can kick a Citrian off a cliff, why not? Yeah. Why not? If it's if got you... a Warren Zevon look like in it, all <laughs> the <right>. better. <laughs> um, why didn't Warren Zevon do a Bond song? And I'm not joking. That would have oh, been amazing. That would have been great. Uh, Thank you. Uh, uh, Ooh, James Bond in London. Ah, ooh. That's great. Redundant statement. <laughs> That's the first one we get to see computer work happening. That's right. I love that. See, there is a lot to like about this film. Again, we are only talking about how they rank lower than what we already love, because I love yeah. some stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. It is... Um, it's There is a lot of... Uh, 
queue headquarters. You get a you get a you get a mobile queue headquarters, which I always enjoy seeing. Yeah, you get a little Jeremy Bullock in the background, Boba yeah. Fett. When did they give Q a, a support staff? Is this the first one or oh. is it earlier? Oh, that's a good question. There had to have been something like when I mean, he gets the Aston Martin. There's not yeah. someone in there's the back. There's no one in the back. I think there's a couple guys yeah. in the and back you just lab coats. Q by himself for long. Time. Yeah, and many times in the field too. That's the mm. weirdest. Yeah. Right. I. I I like the idea that, like, I mean, I think the first time we really see it is you only live twice, right? When they have the, the, the yeah. mobile, I mean, like, the mobile, let's bring out everybody yeah. on the boat. Okay. I, I yeah. think right? you're right. Well, he, he brings him some stuff in Thunderball. But, yeah, the, there's like a. He does. Yeah. He, does, he brings him to the Bahamas? Yeah. I'm trying to Q remember shows that. up in the tropical shirt and the straw hat. You don't remember I this? hate Thunderball so <laughs> much. <makes laughs> swallow the uh, radioactive pill. God, I hate Thunderball. Yeah, that may be. Next to the Brosdens, my least viewed Bond. Thunderball is yeah. a, is a, like a slug cool. fest and it's boring. Get in until I'm pruny. Did you, you must have hated it. our opinions on that movie because huh? we had oh, Mosier in here and he was phone? like, yeah. so we were all so bored oh, by the yeah. underwater stuff. Well, we're oh, going to watch it again. Yeah, we are. Here's the thing and uh, Four Eyes Only, which I which they just saw on the big screen, which is why it's lower now. Get into oh, that. I see. Oh, but, um, okay. But they're all better on the big screen. Yeah. And if yeah. you're sitting there and you have nowhere to go, nothing to do, you can get mm-hmm. lost in Thunderball for four hours or however long. I bet is. that one is better on the big screen. I mean, screen. how great yeah. was, was Goldfinger when we saw it at Sinespia? It was great. Which, I mean, obviously Goldfinger, everyone loves Goldfinger, mm-hmm. but just seeing it in that environment of just... In a cem- I think everyone should watch it in a cemetery if you can at home. <laughs> you know, Live and let die should be the one to watch in the cemetery. cemetery. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but for your eyes only on the big screen after Spy Who Loved Me, I I was so hungry for just a, a weirder, crazier Bond movie. Than you that wanted was. to step mm-hmm. it up. And I was like, and I get why they went with these respectable. Yeah, the they should have switched ones. those. They should have gone a little more off off-roading a but little you bit. don't end with for your eyes only. Even though most people find that to be one of Moore's better films, just energy-wise, that's your opener. Yeah, it ends with a Margaret Thatcher impersonator. And, <laughs> oh my fair. God, I forgot about that. Oh, good Lord. And then her husband wanders on. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I showed For Your Eyes Only at Draft House as a tr- part of a triple feature. I, I did From Russia with Love, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and then For Your Eyes Only. Hmm. The end of On oh. Her Majesty's Secret Service plays so perfectly into the beginning of For Your Eyes Only, because he's standing at her grave. Right. And that's oh, right. maybe yeah. the only time that Fear Eyes Only is great <laughs> right after On Her Majesty's Secret yeah. Service. It's the quantum of solace theory. It may be. It may be. But let's talk about the good stuff. Like uh, that motorcycle chase in the snow I like. Um, uh, Do you like the Bill Conti score? No, I don't. I'm, I'm afraid I don't. And in fact, I think that goes a long way as to why this is a lower movie yeah. for me. It's lacking. It's two of the time and you just can't beat John Barry and coming out of what is it? We're coming out of Moonraker, John Barry, and then going into Octopussy, John Barry, which two scores I really yeah. love. I, what do I like about that movie? I, do you like the Conti score? As an outlier, it's sort of interesting. Yeah. but no, I don't love it. I, yeah. you, know, you, you miss Barry on these movies yeah. more often than not. I'd love the Sheena Easton thing though. I love yeah. putting the singer in the opening credits. Uh-huh. That was a cool thing. Yeah, Maurice yeah. Binder was clearly running out of ideas at that point. Oh yeah, that, that that was novel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I liken that to the Cheryl Crow music video from Tomorrow Never Dies. What a great film. Um, just really great all around. I think that's probably one of the better, most solid Bond films that's ever been made. Um, but (laughs) that gift that I sent you last night. Oh, God. It was, I, uh, Matt sent me a text accidentally and he apologized. And instead of replying with words, I just sent a gift that I'm going to guess a 
55-year-old woman made. It's um, incredible. <laughs> oh, incredible. Oh, it's magical. It's just Pierce Brosnan on a golden scroll. It just and each top of the scroll Top of the scroll says Pierce, the bottom says Brosnan, and it's glittering, and he's in a black unbuttoned shirt in the sun. Bet you a finger Pierce Brosnan made that himself. <laughs> Pierce, uh, you're welcome to come on the show. We're big fans. I really, I, I got, I feel like he's the gettable one, right? Lazenby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lazenby, but yeah. let's be honest. Touring in the support of a duck. That's true. Him. Yeah, that's true. Why am I here? We weren't in action. We weren't, we weren't back in action yet. We were still in talks with Sony. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, of the things I like in this, I like uh, Bond girl in this movie. I enjoy her having a motivation of her parent, her father that's being killed. Nice, I yeah. like that. I like that she's good with a bow. Yeah, I like that. That's right out of Fleming too. Yeah, yeah. and she's a little low energy for me though. She got a bit of the dead eye. She <laughs> is, but her dad just died. You know. All right, fair enough. <laughs> she's numb. <laughs> she's a little numb. Yeah, she's a little. Uh, you know, she's a, a weary. She's a weary traveler looking for revenge. I love the end assault on the monastery thing and the rock yeah, climbing. Yeah, and, the and that it's like he's got a crew of men. It, it feels like a World War II commando mission or something, yeah. which 100%. is a film that I love, that type of thing. And yeah. that's also one of those real life places you only see in a James Bond yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, where they really take good care in that at, that, at least at that time. I don't know if it seems like now we're not getting those locales as much mm-hmm. because, you know, it's 50 years later and we have the internet and the world's been explored. Right, right. But I, I just really feel like in all of the movies that Cubby was around for, I feel like the location is a character in the scenes. Yeah, and I that's feel true. like now... We're not really given that. Kind what is of thing. the last a, one? I think Scotland a bit in Skyfall. Yeah, it was novel. Yeah, um, I do. I think a bit Inspector with that crater. It at least is did a, nothing for me. That did nothing no. for me. It was a missed opportunity. It felt yeah, like. mm-hmm. it was missing some kind of presentation that that would have made it feel special or a little yeah. larger than life. I'd take it all. Yeah, back. and I don't know if that was like a knock on like not a knock, but like a, 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 an inverse homage to Blofeld's volcano lair. From oh, the I old, think so. I mean, it was 100%. like, but why do that? Why not? Fucking give me a volcano lair. I'm okay. I can buy that. <laughs> for real. I can I'll, handle it. I'll buy a fucking volcano lair. This is James Bond. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, there's the quantum of solace, like desert. Bluff. Astronomy hotel, Again, boring. <laughs> like really, just like really, like I mean, Moscow in Goldeneye, I think, is fun when that tank chase happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then we go back further. You know, Key West is okay, and Gibraltar and to kill. Gibraltar's pretty cool. Yeah, I think daylight. Yeah, hmm. and but then going back. Going backwards, I mean, I feel like, you know, I think of You to a Kill, I think of San Francisco. Yeah. I think of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. So go backwards and whatever. We'll get all into right. all of well, these we'll, Roger Moore mm-hmm. movies. But. I'm very curious to watch Quantum of Solace again. Because, yeah. I mean, that was I haven't climbing on our... Revisited that yeah. since we talked about it. Yeah. It's an easy revisit because it's so short yeah relatively yeah i i i watched i like that movie i know we've talked about it but i i do put that one on because i think it doesn't require a ton of attention because mm-hmm. you're not exactly sure what's going on half the time it is the only it is the only it was for a long time the james bond movie that i only saw in the theater and i wow. never watched it again and, wow. and i completely forgot the plot i was like i have no yeah. idea what happened to that movie i saw yeah. that movie yeah. i had a poster of that movie in my room and i fucking forgot what that movie was <laughs> um Ah, that was a great poster. 
Yeah. Which one? It Where was the, the it was the yeah, rifles, the shadow was, of the yeah, rifle. All signs on the promotion of that was we are in for a treat. Oh, and then writer strike. Buckle the fuck yeah. up. And then us greedy Hollywood writer types had to go on strike. Listen, we'd like to tell you about something pretty cool here at Earwolf. Ira Glass from This American Life is on Spontanea Nation this week. Ira tells host Paul F. Tompkins about an incredibly awkward romantic encounter and why he's obsessed with a radio show called Chicken Man. If you haven't heard Spontanea Nation yet, A, you're dumb, B, there's always really great improv after the interview, and C, stick around for that. <laughs> Go listen to Ira's episode of Spontanea Nation in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Striking terror into the hearts of criminals everywhere. Chicken Man is back. This classic campy radio series entertained listeners around the world for decades. Now Chicken Man is a podcast. Hear the first 20 episodes for free right now on Earwolf. When you need even more Chicken Man, Stitcher Premium has you covered with all 273 episodes. Just go to stitcherpremium.com forward slash chicken man and use the promo code BOND at checkout to get your first month for double O dollars. Okay, Matt. All right, What's so number four? my number four is the man with the golden gun. <laughs> what was that grunt? Oh, just an interested uh, mm. sigh. Mm. Two, two mm. men with the golden guns. Oh, we're, we're almost there. Okay. We're almost there. All right, so let's, uh, who's next? I've lost complete. Oh, if, I, <laughs> if I went last on the fourth, we've all said four, right? Yes. Then I will go again. Okay. And I will say the spy who loved me. Is my number five. Two on the board for the spy who loved me. All right. And then am I next? Uh, yes. Now we're in number three, so like these are theoretically our top three. These are ones Your we really favorite. like. We are in our third okay. favorite spy who loved me. Mine is Octopussy. Oh, Mark one off for Octopussy. That's two for Octopussy. Everything's on the board. Everything's on the board. Yeah. We only have one each for Live and Let Die and View to a Kill. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, indeed. Interesting. Um, and as usual, listener, some whoever did the like average spreadsheet of our musical bond rankings, please yeah. do the same for this so we can know between the three of us the actual average of what the best and worst yeah. Bond, Roger Moore Bond films That's are. Great. The fact that move. we can do that, have the resources out there. We we love you. We appreciate. I mean, you. And there is a point where we maybe will sit down and do an entire episode based on the twenty-four James Bond movies. I, to I get would say that average. that's a mathematical certainty that yeah. we'll do that because we'll be looking for episode. Subjects. We're gonna have to at yeah. some point. Every other episode, guys, you're gonna get some fun treat. Mm. It's time to talk about the man with the golden gun. Oh, he's got a powerful weapon. <laughs> it charges a million a, a shot. shot. I, uh, what is it about this movie for me? As you know, it was my lowest one. It's just it just lacks a certain vitality for me. I compared to the others. Cannot disagree with you more. I love the Man of the Golden Gun was dangerously close to slipping to number two on my list. Well, it still um, has no, Yeah, where was it for you? It was actually it was right four. smack in the middle. Number four. It was number four. Um, but uh, The Man with the Golden Gun, I... 
what do I like? What do I not like about it? I like everything about this movie. I like the fact that there's this assassin out there who has bullets made yeah. that have it's 007 written great on Great concept. Them. You know what? I want to watch that movie tonight. I, <laughs> nice. The fucking, fact that it's the last on my list and I want to go home and watch that I thing. love that in the script, the sentence, knick-knack Tabasco was written. <laughs> And I love that fucking Christopher Lee delivered that line yeah. in a believable fashion. He's great in that movie. He's he fantastic great. in that movie. He, for me, is one of the best Bond villains. And we I... should mention that we just lost Clifton James, the sheriff. sheriff oh, yeah, not too long ago. While we were on our hiatus, yes. we lost... We should probably do a memoriam was, episode of all the people that died between episodes. It was, it was a it was a rough hiatus for yeah. everybody in the Bond world. Yeah. It was a real culling. Because <laughs> who else? There were others. Ken Adam. Ken Adam. Yeah. Did we ever talk? We, did, talk we about, didn't even uh, talk about Ken Adam. Yeah, oh, God. Guy Hamilton passed Guy away. Hamilton, Guy that's Hamilton that's right, passed yeah. away. Oh, jeez. Ken Adam. Oh, man. I love that man so much. I wanted that. I never... I, there was a point where I was going to buy the Toshin yeah. special edition that had the Ken Adams signature. Oh, Ken Adams signature! I have that Toshin archive yeah. book. Yeah, but, but there was one, there was one that had his signature, like with some. I think I forget what set it was. Some set. Oh. It was like his drawing of some set, Whoa. and it was, it was a. It was you know one of those Toshins like this is five thousand dollars. Here you go. Oh, mm. I, well, you know, yeah, well, yeah, okay. yeah. But I didn't do it. I didn't well, pull the trigger. This is not a Ken Adam movie, though, The Man with the Golden Gun, right? It's a Peter Lamont? Yes. Is it? You right? so authoritatively, Isn't but it? I know you don't know. I don't know for <laughs> sure, but I'm saying yes, because I'm I a good podcaster. It doesn't have... Yes, anding, Phil. <laughs> I don't think it is. I mean, let's think about the sets in it, and my answer is no. Yeah. They don't feel Ken Adams. They don't feel they big. feel like a haunted house attraction. Yeah, let me check while you guys talk. Thank you for checking. I'll tell you about Man with the Golden Gun. At the time of its release, it was the most poorly reviewed Bond film. And the least performing until License to Kill, right? That might be true. Yeah. Wow. You stumped me there. But yeah, so. a Cinefantastique magazine like had a one-line review that said, James Bond is dead. <gasps> Whoa. They hated it. It's a, it's a greasy movie. Everyone looks very oily in it. Yeah. Um... But what I like about it, what people don't like about it, is that Roger Moore's still figuring out what his Bond is supposed to be. Right. And I think when you're watching 24 of them, those tend to be the most interesting performances where they're sort of sorting it out. Yeah, that's true. And to to the detriment of the Daniel Craig era, he's like he's been milking that for four movies now. Like, who is Bond? <laughs> uh-huh. But I, I, always, I always gravitate to the earlier performances. Dr. No. Dr. Yes. No is not the best Sean Connery movie and not the best Bond movie, but it's the best Sean Connery performance Interesting, he's, yeah. He's lethal in that movie. Yeah. And, uh, Pierce Brosnan is never more engaged than he is in Goldeneye. Well, I That's mean, true. tomorrow never dies. But go ahead. Yeah, and Goldeneye is pretty cool. And, uh, <laughs> no, there isn't. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't exist in our world. And I think part of why people celebrate Spy Who Love Me as, as the best is because that's when Roger Moore sort of cracked his, his character. He's a little meaner in this one in right. a yeah. weird way. Yeah. yeah. But those become much more fun to watch over time. Interesting. Where they're sort of finding their way. Now I look forward to watching it with that in mind. Uh, John Graysmark and Peter Lamont, co-art directors. You were right. My authority was rewarded. Sorry, I doubted you. It's okay. Um, but, again, I like the... The... Uh, what is it? A solar... Solar agitator? Solar no, what agitator. is it? It's like a sun... Uh, Solex. You're, you're harnessing the power of the sun for some sort of laser situation, yeah. right? Which is a plot we get again in, in Die Another Day, but uh, that doesn't even need to be there. And for diamonds for this are forever, movie to in a work. Sense. Yeah, 
It's very true. Satellite, but the um, but the really for me the beauty of that movie is the detective work James Bond is doing, where he's tracking down that bullet, he's tracking down that gun, he's trying yeah. to find this guy. Um, you know, he gets saved by the assassin. Uh, he's just like what you know. There's just it's just. It's just a shell game for him. It, he's unraveling mystery after mystery in that movie, and I, and I, and fucking, uh, Hervey? yeah, Hervey oh, Villachez. Well, yeah, that's is, is, Hervey Villachez is like, he's such a good, perfect, you know, side guy. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I, I find I find little fault in in the man with the golden gun, other than him slapping Mont Adams and. That looking awkward for everyone involved. I do love the scene where she's sitting dead at the sumo match. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you watching that for the Budokan. first time, you don't know that that is happening immediately, mm-hmm. and it is a good reveal. It's grim. Yeah, it's grim it for is. the Roger Moore era. Yeah, or it, what will become yeah. the Roger Moore. Era. But I will say that I think that uh, the the slapping of Mont Adams is out of character for Roger Moore, but not out of character for James Bond. Yeah, but there's a. There's a meanness, as I was saying in, in this movie, where he's he's shitty to uh, Mary Goodnight. Mm-hmm. He's shitty to Q. Yeah. There's there's a cranky. And he's gonna shoot the uh, the muni- uh, the gun. Right. He's gonna shoot oh, yeah. The gun guy, yeah. Yeah. In the dick. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's the nastiest Roger Moore's ever been. Like when he talks about how he didn't like kicking that car off the edge of. You know, he's he's forgetting his backlog of, yeah. of nastiness. And yeah. Man with I the mean, I think gun. he is on record of not enjoying a lot of what he was doing in The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. And they push um, back from that in the next film. Yeah. I thought Britt Eklund, uh, a lot of people hate her, but she's one of the most gorgeous Bond girls uh, in 24 movies. She, I find her a little difficult to watch in this movie. Really? Just not not looking. Obviously, she's beautiful. But, I mean, I do find her a little grating. Her performance is mm. a little grating. Um, Maude Adams, especially, I think, because you have the contrast of Maude Adams, who is so poised and probably one of my favorite all-time Bond girls, even in this role as the lesser Bond girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just find her to be so elegant and such a perfect match for Roger Moore in many ways. Even she could match up with Connery very well, too, you know? <laughs> I have I have the Mod Adams when they did the Bond uh, play, uh, trading card set. Mm-hmm. I have the Mod Adams signature. <laughs> she, you know, one of the autograph cards I have is Mod Adams. <laughs> I met her and Britt Eklund at a Bond event once, and uh, Britt Eklund was... A lot like her character in that movie, and so was Maude Adam, where she was just like so poised. I can't, I don't know another word to use for her. That's She's just fine. statuesque and just very, yeah, I don't know, refined. And I don't know, she she was uh charming as hell, yeah. Yes. The third nipple, the third nipple, what yeah. a what a what an Ian Fleming. Yes. What an Ian Fleming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if that is from the novel. It seems like it has to be. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I can't remember. I'm going to say this is definitively, as I said, Peter Lamont was the art director. (laughs) In fact, he probably, that's probably, he he heard about a third nipple and went, oh, there's my next Bond movie. Oh, great. That's (laughs) a novel. He'll put on a fake third nipple. That's how we'll get that bullet. I tried to do five, you see, but they had to scale it back to three, didn't they? Oh, you? Mr. Fleming oh, is... Well, I've it. got a little satchel full of nipples here. If yes. you'd like, here's one for you. Oh. And here's two for you. Oh, thank you so much. Two bits. Thank two you tits. so much. Uh, Don't spend them all in one place. Mr. Fleming, uh, if I could just, before you go away... I have to go, so do make it quick. I just wanted to know if you had uh, had a chance to talk to Roger and 
how you felt about him. He's up here with me, you know, <laughs> just wearing nothing but play suits and aprons. You see? Making little... You may, he's cooking up there. Absolutely. Don't you see he's making me figs and yogurt and scrambled eggs? Oh, has he maybe used a bit of a large espresso machine that only makes coffee? <laughs> Is that all it does, you know? <laughs> What a great line. That's, of course, straight from the novel. (laughs) Ian, it is a pleasure, and I hope we'll be talking to you some more. Well, certainly I live here in the microphone, so knock any time. I'm like genie in the bottle, don't you know? I know it takes a lot of energy for you to manifest. It does, it does. And I'm not made of energy. I'm mostly made of Chesterfield cigarettes. (laughs) Appreciate you visiting. Uh, Perhaps next time you could come and and, and my co-host, Matt, could also be here. I mean, you know, I really have no desire to meet him. I find him a bit dull. <laughs> Understood. You're listening up there. Absolutely. You know, there's not much to do. <laughs> Understood. All right. I oh, must be going. You. Thank you, Ian, Goodbye. for visiting. Bye. Flutter, flutter, flutter. Wow. Oh, there he goes. Back into the mic. I, I daren't dream that he uh, was going to show up. It, oh, speaking of dreaming, Matt, I just had a nap. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what You're not going to believe it. What? For, I'm going to guess, the 25th time. <laughs> You missed Ian Fleming's ghost. He had visited. He visited again. I don't believe. It. I'll it's, believe it when I see it. I, I hope he said some do. very nice things about you, though. I mm. hope you do. Really? Well, that's nice to hear. He's I like gentleman. him very he was much. A gentleman. Yeah, I'm a big he fan really of his was, work. So. Was, I just thought, oh my god, this is a man's man here. Great. Probably hates lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't. Just doesn't understand them. I've learned to appreciate them. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Matt, did you see that? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just on a call. <laughs> Seems crazy. Uh, thank you, and thank you, the man with the golden gun. If anyone has anything else to say about how great the man with the golden gun is, I will hear it. Flying car, love the song. Love <laughs> the flying song. car done in a miniature. Yeah, that that is pretty amazing. The uh, and the of course the stunt, the loop de loop corkscrew stunt is pretty mm-hmm. incredible. If your eyes only had either a flying car or a slide whistle, it would have gone up in the rank. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, it doesn't even have. It has a submarine, but not a car submarine. Oh, mm. that slide whistle might be. Like in contention for third worst moment. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bad call. I thought I came up with another worst moment that I couldn't believe you and I hadn't talked about. Now I'm trying to remember what the hell it was. Oh, guess what? We're going to find it again. Yeah, we will. <laughs> no choice. We're absolutely no going to find it again. No choice but to. All right. Uh, okay, so Phil, you went last, which means you go first. Number two. My number two is The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, that is it. All right. Is that three? We have... (laughs) Roger Moore's favorite Bond movie. And the world's. Most people's favorite Roger Moore movie. 100%. Not mine. Not mine. This is a movie in the Roger Moore era where they uh, get back to basics, figure out the formula of James Bond, and Roger Moore looks comfortable in that tailored suit. I think you're right. I think you're both right. You just said it, and you said it earlier, that he really figured it out here. Mm-hmm. And it hits the mark so much that, to me, I think maybe that's why it somehow doesn't work. It's like on its frequency the entire movie, and it just, nothing feels novel to me about it. I think, mm-hmm. like, I just feel like it's so comfortably Roger Moore, and the plot is so comfortably Roger Moore's Bond that... I just find it slightly, uh, I don't want to use the word dull because I still love the movie, but you know what I mean? I, I just, I don't know. I'm never compelled to go back to this one. It's, it's slow um, moving and the Egypt things feel. My favorite death in all of James Bond. The, the, off the, the, the building? Yeah, that's pretty good. The way he slaps the tie yeah, away. Yeah, where he slaps the tie away. Yeah. That is Rift on in Quantum. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. And, and it's not seemingly very Roger Moore. Is there still a little of that mean Roger Moore creeping in or that mean Bond creeping in with that? Yes, but I think that for me, that that death feels very... I mean, that one... I'm trying to think of what feels most of the novels. And I mean, it's probably Daniel Craig brutally killing that guy in Quantum of Solace that feels most like the novel when he stabs that guy in the fucking leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just drains oh, his artery yeah. and bleeds him out. That's probably the most novel-esque Oof. of the killings in James Bond, I think. Mm. Not, I'm not saying mm. directly from the novel. No, but in tone. But I'm saying in, in the tone of Ian Fleming and what he hoped to do in that The killing series. of Professor... Is it Dent in Doctor No, where he shoots him in the back, basically? Yeah. 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 But still in the Craig area, when he's just choking the guy to death in the stairwell. Yes. Mm. That's that's Fleming-ish, because Fleming uh, made Bond hate killing. He was, yeah. It was an yeah. ugly thing, and he felt bad later, because you got right after he crushes that guy out. He He's like cleaning himself up in the mirror and taking yeah. that whiskey or... Yeah, taking that moment that felt very funny to me. Certainly, putting a shark bullet in Yafet Kodo's mouth and inflating him like a balloon Not is so very Fleming. Oh yeah, resubmit that for worst moment. <laughs> uh, Submitted and filed with our secretary. <laughs> also, uh, strangely, I know she does it for most people. Barbara Bach is uh, as a Bond oh, girl doesn't. You don't love Barbara Bach? I don't know. I you feel don't love her... Mrs. Star? <laughs> I don't. I I do not dislove her. Yes, but. There's something. Oh, boy, she did along. wonders for me as a as, really? a as an adolescent boy. She's beautiful. This is why I love this stuff because there, again, there's something for everyone. It, on, on paper, the idea of her of being the Russian secret agent with that yes. counterpart to M having his very Russian M yes. thing yeah. with Miss Rupelvich instead of Miss Moneypenny, <laughs> yeah, like as the secretary. That's all great, but Barbara Box acting just isn't quite as charismatic as you might want yeah. to be for that. Role. It really is a great character idea who who would have been if you put any other bond girl in that part well i gotta go mod adams, adams right yeah, yeah mod yeah. adams would have been great yeah huh but it was barbara buck and and i i for one i have a special place in my heart yeah for her. uh it's the one i the only james bond poster my wife has let me hang in the living room is our italian spy who loved me poster ah. it's a beaut yeah which one Roger what is Moore it Moore had the best posters yeah. and the best theme yeah. songs i think in terms yeah. of the runs uh, his posters are beautiful. It's it's painted, right? Yeah, yeah. It's them standing, a stra- essentially straddling the two subs. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, yeah. That is good. Um, but that one I like for, uh, you know, I like the teamwork they have to do. I like the Russian, and I, that's the other part about the my favorite of the Roger Moore moments is that I forgot until you mentioned that that when they're in that capsule, M and the and the Russian M is also there. Yeah. <laughs> So you can feel like they both get into that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Those shenanigans are those two, our favorite spies. <laughs> this shenaniganing. Is that, that is your favorite Bond song, right? Yeah. Nobody does I it think it's I think it's just such a melodically beautiful, just... Bum, 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 baby. Yeah, that's a good It's one. that string section that really. And then they decided gets to use a it. military band version for the end credits. Yeah, I know if that's Why right, but not even yeah. just a military band. It's like a Broadway show military oh, band, yeah, like the Male Rockettes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh God. <laughs> what a shit hey show. boys. Mm-hmm. Um, the obviously the cold open in that movie is incredible. The yes. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Truly. I still watch it and go like, whoa, you know, I get a little chill. It's magic. The The one thing that 
took me years and years to figure out was that we were supposed to understand that he was killing Barbara Bach's boyfriend in that chase. Yeah. Because he's covered in ski gear. Oh, really? That took you... Yeah, that's I for some reason got that right. But doesn't away. she say it, or someone says it? Oh, it's like, a plot point. I mean, I Phil's just, just not paying attention, no, like yeah. us. I'm actually, I'm very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, before high def, I think I would say I didn't. Uh, oh sure, either. sure. That was that guy. Yeah, well, because all those guys look the same. Yeah, scan, pan and scan VHS probably yeah. wasn't doing it for you at the not, time. Not Overly helpful. tanned, Boy, we heavily. Are, we are very poured skin. Have Pure you suit. yet with your backyard area? Have you yet figured out where you're putting a movie screen? Already done it. Okay. Well, when yeah. are we watching fact, a James Bond movie? Let's do it. There. In fact, that's what Live and Let Die was last week. I just popped it up and watched it, but let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Uh, you're leaving town. Yeah, I leave what Saturday. A jerk. You son of a bitch. Sorry. But uh, maybe that's the way we should do it. We can record our uh, some yeah. commentaries out there. Yes. You'll hear the birds chirping. Under the stars. I yeah. love this. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it Matt, was perfect. It Matt, was really Matt. something. Our bromance is back. We've never been more in love. Full force. That's right. Now that you're married, I can finally let you know how I feel. <laughs> it's safe to say. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, everyone, congratulations to Matt Gorley, who's yes. now, this is his first married James Bonding podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of yeah, you. You're not a complete legit stereotype Bond nerd unless you have the wedding ring so there's all these guys like grooving to like you know I've oh. got the Bond shit and I've got this jacket and like yeah Bond doesn't have a wedding ring on that's but, right like, it's always the guys who it's always a married dude it's yeah, always a married dude that loves true. a James Bond but yeah, I will yeah. say uh, one of my favorite things about the beautiful wedding that, that Matt had uh, is when I when I saw him walk down, most people are like, oh, "I can't wait to see the beautiful blushing bride." <laughs> oh no, the other she's, one. She's going to be amazing. She's going to look so gorgeous. She's going to radiate, which she did. Mm-hmm. But I see Matt. Yeah. I see a barn door open. I see Matt exit, and the motherfucker is wearing the white dinner coat <gasps> with the red carnation from goddamn Goldfinger. The one thing I asked my wife if I could are do, and my wife said no. <laughs> What? You're not, my wife said the words, you're not cosplaying at our wedding. Wow. <laughs> now, let's put another level on this. When when Matt was on another podcast talking about Casino Royale, he was talking about his fandom for, and his love of Bonnie. He goes, I'm not one of the guys that, like, buys the clothes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I was like, well, at least on this podcast, like, Matt and I, I think, are lined up pretty well. But I know you and I have an affinity 100%. for the, the Crockett and Jones. I and took the, off my Tom Ford sunglasses and came in. Hell yes. <laughs> But Matt saved it, yeah, for the well, most important day of his wife's to, life. To tell the tr- <laughs> truth, I was very aware of that before, during, and after buying and wearing. <laughs> it was. It was. But I would hope. So. But I just like the look, uh, and, of and it was. And, and that looked the, great. Oh, thanks. But I that, need to see this. That's more of why I did it. But also, Please. I'll I'll also up. honestly. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I love that look as well. It's pretty sure, much sure, straight sure. from Goldfinger. At Club Obi-Wan. Yeah. But the only other time I've ever bought something fashion-wise from a film is these glasses. These are oh. the Indiana Jones glasses. Oh, right on. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Smart. Those are... Okay, so do I have a fun... I mean, well, I have a picture okay, of Okay, so look Matt how Knight gorgeous Amanda's like. Beautiful. Like, you're obviously never seen more beautiful it. bride, right? Mm-hmm. But then look at that motherfucker. Yes. Look at him. Look at him. No, you're, you're and so I will say... Wait, that picture's from the cheap seats. That, <laughs> you let him sit closer? You know, I went aisle, though. Yeah? I, went, right. I could have sat wherever it. I wanted to sit. Sure, I mean, sure. people are going to clear out for Matt Myra. Mm-hmm. 
They see best-selling author Dory Shafrir. They see Matt Meyer. They're like, well, fuck, i got to get this guy. Um, so I just want to have a shout-out to, uh, first of all, I said this to my wife immediately. And I believe I turned to, who was with me? Maybe Paul. No, Paul was up there, right? So Well, he was only in the front row. Yeah. Uh, for a bit for a little toast. Oh, it was Todd. Who I turned to? Todd Cooper. Cooper. Todd yeah. Cooper. I said, that motherfucker mm. is wearing the goddamn James Bond uh, jacket, and I post this picture from very far away. You saw the picture, right? Yes, yes, sir. It's from a great distance. I'm on the aisle. I take the picture, and I just want to shout out to Max, not Maxwell, and his comment, not not minutes after I post this, was, looks like Amanda was cool with the James Bond white jacket. <laughs> Damn. Jealous, Matt? Wow. You got your number. And the answer is... Yes, I was jealous. I am happy to report that Matt and I literally <laughs> snuck away during the reception at one point, grabbed our wedding photographer, because at the place where we had the wedding was a beautiful oaken-lined library study. Uh, and so we took a couple of pictures of him in his suit behind I was the wearing, desk. I was wearing the three-piece gray, the three gray uh, suit that is very... Um, very Connery. Very Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. very Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. And uh, Matt, also dressed in Goldfinger attire, we were like, my wife was, uh, actually, Dory said, you guys should get a, like, a real picture yeah. if you're both dressed like this. And we did. And we'll use it maybe for the and return we of this. We went into yeah. an office. It. It's black and white, though. I need to ask her if I can get the color ones, but they look sure. good in black okay. and white. Yeah. yeah, we should get the color ones. Yeah. Technicolor. Yeah. Um, but we, Matt was like, this office kind of looks like M's office. We should go in here. Yes. So and she had like packed up her camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like dragged this poor wedding photographer yeah. out. You've worked for twelve hours, please. It's for a, a James Bond podcast. I don't what? I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what any of those words are. Um, <laughs> well, that's a good woman. Did she know that it was? That she know the backstory? Did she? Yeah, know that I think she thing? knew, but she also was like me. I think she's just like. Yeah, she never. She's pretty good about that stuff, and like yeah. I have a little bit of a James Bond corner in the house that's mm -hmm. kind of slightly. I'm in the leather door. I mean, yeah, it is the door to my office, but obviously one side sh shows to the rest of the right. house. And yeah. she just uh, goes with it. I mean, I got lucky in that. I mean, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, I can brag on my wife for one. Moment. Her name's Amanda as well. Her right? name is Amanda. On her fortieth birthday, mm -hmm. I took her to London. And she accompanied me to Anthony Sinclair, where she watched me get fitted for two suits. Oh, my God. <gasps> like, on her birthday. Or not on her birthday, but yeah. for her birthday. Yeah, that's sweet. You, She's... on our honeymoon. My wife and I went oh. to London for our honeymoon, Did right? You? We No, we went to the Crockett and Jones, yes. and we both got boots. Yes. <laughs> on our honeymoon and my birthday. For my birthday, she rented a 57 Porsche convertible, <laughs> but it looks a lot like an Aston Martin. Oh, and we drove it around was, it was Maui in this Boy, we, guys, we did well. We, we did. married we well. Yeah. We married yeah. well. How do we have a nerdy James Bond podcast and ended up with these women? I, I don't, don't know. know. We defied the odds. Maybe they don't exist. Uh, oh, <laughs> imagine it. Wait, I have never seen Amanda, Andy, and Fleming in the same room. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, so the, the Spy, spy Who Loved, loved me. me. The Spy <laughs> Who Loved Me, of course. Like, you know, it's it's my second favorite. I it mean, is the most. It is the most James Bond of of the bunch. I think. It is, is it also the film least like the book? I think it's probably it has nothing to do yeah. with the book. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just yeah. a title. title but then again, only. the title wise, it's a good title. What else is just title rip? 
Moonraker. Quantum of Solace? Moonraker, yeah. Quantum of Solace. But yeah. Moonraker at least has Drax. Drax, but completely reinvents him. Yeah. He's not he's not the character in the book. That's yeah. a, and that's a my animosity toward Moonraker is a, a lot of it's about how much they've just abandoned the book, which is one of my favorite. Yeah, I love that book. By the way, are mm. you guys familiar with the Folio Society? Yeah. So they have these limited edition illustrated like beautiful painted versions and they're doing them kind of book by book of the Fleming books. They're like 60 bucks. Uh, yeah. So, but they did Casino Royale first. first. Then they did From Rush, Rush with Love, and Doctor No just came out. Yeah. I have a Casino Royale, and it's beautiful. And I feel like this is the set that I'm going to collect because I have like the the shitty paperbacks. Sure. But yeah, this is like a shelf ready thing, and it comes in like a hard case. And they're sixty a pop. Sixty a pop, but they have beautiful paintings in them, and Done. they're really what worth is it? getting. What's called the Folio? Folio yeah, Folio Society. Um, if you're out there, please sponsor not us. The brand yeah. Again. Oh, but, but here we go. Every birthday, my father-in-law gives me one of those. Oh, that's, nice. that's genius. Wow, yeah. You really lucked out yeah. with this lovely, guy. Lovely man. Yeah. Is he also in New Jersey? No, he's in Massachusetts. Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah he's a classier breed. That's cat. why. Yeah. Where in Massachusetts? Uh, Ashby. Ashby is west, right? Central? I can walk to New Hampshire from Oh, it's his west house. of... It's a really weird... It's word. west of um, me, which was Lowell. Hmm. Um, but that's... Man, that's great. I've been looking at those. So, you know, I like... Um, I, here and there, I like to get first editions of my favorite books. Ooh. I would love um, a first edition. Well, Fleming. here's the thing with Ugh. an Ian Fleming first edition. The one I would most want is from Russia with Love. Because um, of the Kennedy thing? or not? It's my favorite movie. Okay, yeah. I think the story is such a... It's just, that's that's for me. But it the last time I looked, I think I could probably get a decent one in decent shape for about $20,000. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't do it. You sure? That's You're sure. <laughs> I, I have to tell you an auction that I lost out on. I oh. Was, I was looking. I just came across there were two things I wanted to buy, and they weren't crazy expensive. Yeah. One was the test casting of the Skyfall Manor sign that says Skyfall. Yes. Did you see this on Eubanks? Yeah. Yeah. So it was one that the special effects people that were contracted to do that did as a test pouring. Uh-huh. It wasn't used in the movie. But it was only – it was pounds, but I think it was like – well, I say only. It was $600, I think. That's yeah. what the estimated thing was. But like for Bond memorabilia, that's pretty yeah. low. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't think I was going to go for that. But one thing that I really wanted was a crew gift that Daniel Craig gave to everybody on Skyfall, which was a fold-out stool, the kind that you can like sling. It has a sling that you can carry over your shoulder, and it's three-pronged legs oh, yeah, hinged yeah, yeah. in the middle and, and a leather satchel. And it was like embossed with, thank you, Daniel Craig. Wow. And it was like really well made and really nice and i think it was like i bid 320 that was the highest i would go and it, it sold for 330 oh you dumb fuck <laughs> i'm just like that's so ridiculous i can't go any higher than that oh man and so i didn't get any of them but i, I didn't try for the skyfall one but mm. oh man i wonder what what memorabilia would you most want to if i you mean i guess the answer piece? is the fucking submariner watch from goldfinger or the Aston oh, Martin. Yeah, I was just looking at one from that time period, and it's about forty-five thousand. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, totally. I mean, and then there's that. Um, they found that Breitling. Yeah. From the top time. Thunderball. Mm-hmm. It was like a, gu- a Geiger oh, yeah. counter. Yeah. Um, Roger Moore's saw Rolex went on for auction about a year ago. Oh, what that oh. go for? Uh, I want to say about forty something thousand. That's not as much as I would think. No. Although if it's a non-working Rolex and just a prop. Yeah, but the prop. Yeah, the prop part works. It's yeah, it's a non-working yeah. roller. Yeah, but I have a. What would you? Okay, so what would you most like to have from them? I'm going to say my answer is the uh, Goldfinger Submariner. 
Is as an Aston Martin a prop? I think we're gonna leave the cars out. Handheld things. Yeah, a prop. I mean, you could be. It could be a suit. It could be a hmm. desk weight. It could be a bar of gold. Well, I would. I think I would take one of M's quilted leather tours, One of the ones from the movie. Sure. Maybe. Um, Even if you had to reframe that fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. I want both of them. I want the the ability to shut both doors because the the first entry door isn't leather. It's just yeah. a regular door. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to really think about it. But is inflatable canagna a? <laughs> it certainly That's is. Great. That's yes. The answer is yes. It comes straight out of my living room. Um, great conversation starter god right i mean god if i fit in any of daniel craig's suits i'd take one but yeah i think i don't know that watch that oh my god say what you see man it's a video i'm watching a gorgeous gorgeous video of the submariner working saw from the uh horrible uh, scene that we all uh, hate with the Kananga balloon, but Jeez. I guess it's actually later. I love that. I love. I love that he uses the watch as a, as a, the way it was intended. Mm-hmm. But the saw movement is somehow still functioning perfectly <laughs> after thirty, forty years. Yeah, that's amazing. I found the uh, schematic of that watch, and, and the way the, that it works is that there's a tube that goes into it, and you blow in the tube oh. or send compressed air, and it sends it spinning. That's brilliant. So it won't just do it independently on your wrists. Those actually. guys are so... Those FX guys never cease to amaze me in, in just how brilliantly simple the things they yeah. make are. And how... Before 3D printers, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, God. Well, that was a good little break as we go back to... Uh, that wasn't a break. That was a Spy Who Loved Me related we situation. We were talking about props. We Fair went enough. off to Live and Let Die. And uh, I guess it is time for the number two. This is Your number we're two. We're heading up. Number yeah. two. My number two is Octopussy. That's so. it. It's on the board. It's on Octopussy. Boom! God, I love this movie. I oh. have oh. seen this movie... 50 to 100 times. Really? Yes. I'm sure I have to. I'm this sure is I my, to. I got to clean the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to put something on. This is my, I'm going to watch a James Bond movie. <laughs> I'm going to put something on. <laughs> Almost. But uh, this first one I saw in the theater, and I've said that before, but I just remember going with my dad to the La Mirada Mall which was otherwise deserted. In uh-huh. fact, it was the only mall I'm aware of that seemed to have like stucco walls, like it was a, like a Adobe mall. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it, is that true? Mud. That may very well be some weird conflated memory or something, but it just felt like you were walking through like a deserted Hopi Indian reservation or something. Uh-huh. There was like a deserted arcade called Noah's Arcade. A department store that's called... the arcade from Wayne's World. <laughs> is it really? No, it was arcade. Well, yeah. that's what this was called, Oh, my too. God, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, there was a department store called Beano's. <laughs> nope. And a yogurt store. where you get those socks, <laughs> There was turns you could take in this mall, because it wasn't just like a straight linear mall, yeah. that you wouldn't see people for, for quite a while. It was so weird. But then they had the best theaters there, and my dad took me, and that was it. Like, that mm. was... Oh, God, I remember just loving that movie yeah how about it's, you it's a movie for me that i first saw on vhs obviously and uh there's something that i find so uh comforting about that movie i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a combination of uh circus appealing to my childhood <laughs> and uh you know the uh 
Maude Adams is the fact that it's named Doctor Pussy as a child delight delighted me. Yeah, I mean that's how I learned what that word, right? What it really means, because you and you ultimately go, what is that? Why is octopusy? Octopusy. Word. It's so enunciated yeah. every time anyone uh, says Louis it. Louis Jordan is Louis is, Jordan. He's off-putting. I have never seen lips move so clearly in my mouth in my mind <laughs> than when he says octopusy. Octopus. Like it just like Octopus. there's so much mouth movement when he says oh, it. He is born to play a villain. Um, and uh, you know one of my great one of my favorite James Bond tropes is the uh, man on the ground. You know, when James Bond gets there, his contact and uh, to to throw a former tennis star into oh, a movie, BJ. and for him to be so likable and so enjoyable, I I love him. I love I love Q. I love the alligator that he's got to hide in, or is that a crocodile? I don't know. It's an alligator, probably. James Bladen, who's been on this podcast, I'm sure we talked about it on that episode. Is an avid tennis yes. player, and they see him at that yeah. tennis club they go to, or uh-huh. something. VJ, Jeez. and I'm just like, get him, get him on. <laughs> I gotta have him on. I oh. was there too, James Bonney. I don't care. Oh. I love him in that movie. So great. That song, you know, a lot of people don't like that song. It uh, played in the ceremony music at my wedding yes. when, when you guys were just sitting there waiting for us to yeah. come out. Oh, I love it. I don't have anything good to say about. <laughs> yeah, you. I, mean, uh, I feel like we put the we put a mark on that very I was, early I for was, you. I'm not a fan. I it's feel a like, divisive film. Yeah, I. I there's nothing uh, about his performance that I like, and and it's sort of it's so all over the place in terms of uh, it's it's set pieces. It's mm-hmm. the last movie in which I physically buy him as playing a James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I love his reversible uniform that Tom Cruise ripped off in yes. Mission Impossible yeah. Four. Yeah. Uh, that fight on the top of the plane is spectacular yeah. at mm-hmm. the end. Uh, that's not Roger Moore, but... Hey, listen. It is in the Louis eye, Jordan, it's... though. Did you know that? <laughs> oh, that's weird. He was that really flying that, that plane. Yeah. Yeah. He was fine with it. Yeah. He had a weird glint in his eye. What do you think of, uh, what do you think of uh, Yo-Yo Sawman? That's fine. Yeah. That's that's okay. I like that for a Bond, for yeah. Bond yeah, crony. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I, I hate the theme song. Yeah. It's it's. We finally like, found a, a crack in our friendship. FM radio, Nadir. Yeah, no, not, I agree, and that's why not, I love it. <laughs> it's not a great thing. So you song. love it ironically? I don't. No? I don't. I I have a love for that era of soft rock that is not ironic. That I recognize how rock. cheesy it is, definitely, mm-hmm. and I recognize it's melodramatic. But I have no ironic love for it. It is 100%. You know that song sounds so Herb Alperty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, yeah, yeah, Herb yeah. Alpert was doing the shitty theme song yeah. Never Say Never Again the same yeah. year. Yeah. It was something in the air that year. I always put that on when Amanda and I are like on a road trip and she doesn't know the words and she always sings this lyric and it kills me. It's, uh, we're an all-time high, da 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 don't take my hotel away. <laughs> <laughs> All time high. Uh, I like it a little more now. <laughs> I, I hate that song. You? I hate that song. Oh, yeah, okay. I rank that very low in the music. But that last sax note. Come on. I mean, if that isn't not James Bond, I don't know what to say. It's well cast. I mean, Louis Jordan's great. Yeah. Mort Adams is good. I like VJ fine. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just feel like fine. everyone's going through the motions. This is strange. Why fine. are you saying that? It's <laughs> fine. It's great. He blows the James Bond theme. Yeah. The snake charming yeah. thing. That's pretty fun. That's yeah. a weird, like... I like the tuk-tuk chase. 
The Tuk Tuk Chase is fantastic. He's got so much power in it's that It's just thing. fun to say. Tuk Tuk Chase. Um, Are we supposed to think that's offensive now, though? He's throwing money at beggars to create obstacles during a chase. As far as Wouldn't James you? Bond insensitivity <laughs> yeah. goes historically, that is low, low. On, the, on the list. Very low. Yeah. Well, in Japan, women always come second. <laughs> Very successful, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I'm Tiger Kanaka. Um, yeah, I just, uh, Octopussy for me, I, I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what, Phil? I want you to, next time you're doing a chore at home, yeah. pop it on and then tell me how you like it. How about that cold open? Come on. The cold open's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, is a is a, I think there's a rare steak okay? Is a, is a Dom Perignon 56 chilled at exactly whatever the quote is okay? Well, it's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Octopussy <laughs> uh, feels like leftovers out of the fridge, yeah. unfortunately. It's Which junk food. The, like, that's what, that's exactly right, though. It is. It is like warmed up leftovers, <laughs> but like delicious warmed up leftovers. I recognize that. Like sure, it's sure. it's Taco Bell at at two a.m. You know. Oh yeah, sure. You pay for it in the morning, but you'll I enjoy think it's it. It's actually night. a little better. It's Del Taco. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Love some fries. I can get fries with my tacos. It's amazing that one of the films has not come up yet. That I, most people hate. I am stunned. I guess it's my pick for number two. Yeah. Yeah, so we each oh. have two more to... We each have... Uh, oh, wait. Okay. Mine, my have, number two is... We have one more to say each. So. I have two more, so this will be my last Yeah, so you two. go twice in a row. A View to a Kill. Yes. I don't know what to say. I've defended this movie tirelessly on how did this get made on this show. I have nothing bad to say about it. I recognize that many people think this is their worst Bond film, but I... I'm just comforted by it. I put this on when I want to fall asleep, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> like, it has to be when I was born. It was the second one I saw in the theater, but it was the first time where I was going by myself with friends. So it's like super nostalgic. It ran on cable like crazy. Are we officially talking about this? Oh, it's time. I'm sorry. Is it not? Oh, what? <gasps> what? Matt, I've never been more in love with you. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself for not putting this in. I cannot oh, wow. believe you right now. I apologize. Oh my god. Well, why don't you go first? <laughs> well, let me just say the number one for me is a view to a kill. Wow, I didn't know that about you, but you you hit it pretty hard on how did this get made? Because I had to. It's unassailable. It is ridiculous on every level. But this is not about what is the best Roger Moore film. Yeah. This is about what our personal favorite Roger Moore film is. Yeah. Own it. And for me, it is A View to a Kill. It is an out-of-this-world theme song. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Duran One of my Duran. favorites. They yeah. took their time. They were like, hey... We are, this is the 80s, this is the kind of music we make. I see what you've done there, and I respect it. Let me inject some of that into what I do. So they fucking come up, Simon Lebon, John Taylor, sit there, and they go, -na 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 -na. yes, let's do that, okay. So View to a Kill comes in, it's like, blows my mind as a child. This movie, I must have seen, I must have seen this movie, what year did it come out, 86? 85. 85. I must have seen this movie when I was five years old. Wow. 
this movie for me just it, 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 it's just so lovable. It's I so lovably love stupid. The score from this movie too. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. This may be for my money the best pairing of Bond song and musician, yeah. title song musician and John Barry. The way he weaves that melody into the yeah. whole score like those heavy brass it's like that's and, the, oh. that again that for me is like part of my that's what i found uh detrimental about daniel craig's james bond movies is their fear of using that score like i find that they are it, but i don't think david arnold has that fear i think it's just thomas newman yes. maybe doesn't quite last two grasp yeah. that but part of it isn't his fault because those the songs come later and later in the schedule now yeah i had a, an advanced release of the Skyfall soundtrack, and there was no like Skyfall quotes in there at all. And then when the movie comes out and he's floating into the casino, mm-hmm. he clearly yeah. they had put it in last minute. So I would assume he'd want to do more. But yeah, Spectre was there. Maybe a little bit of. I mean, that. I don't even get it. Yeah, when they're uh, making out after the train flight, yeah, that that's theme right. song sort of folds in. Yeah, but Casino Royale is pretty fully integrated. Yeah, yeah, oh, so good. Oh, there's another guy who died while you were away, Chris oh. Cornell. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, we that gave, was strange. Some of us gave him a whooping on not that last me, show. Not me. I have a clear conscience. It wasn't it's, me. It's the theme song was a shot was in the me. arm. It's the theme song we needed at the time. I'm with you. Boy. Yeah. We can agree to disagree. Sometimes you go to war with the theme song you need, <laughs> not the theme song you want. I don't know. Maybe that was the theme song we deserve. Christopher Walken is amazing. Ah. Uh. What a you got villain. Grace Jones? Come oh, on. May Day. She's amazing. May Day. And you're in the beautiful, beautiful city of Paris, France, mm-hmm. with the butterfly show that is out of this world. Papillon. Papillon. The swinging, butterfly to my collection, no? the swinging of the poison butterfly <laughs> as a device for killing someone is... <laughs> Is right up there with the ridiculous things I've ever seen in a movie. I even love the cold opening, Beach Boys song "Be Damned." I I, I, the I know that the man invents a sport. The man invents <laughs> snowboarding. And somehow in this world, this movie doesn't exist as a movie. So some survivor of that Russian squad Saw went that. back to his home. <laughs> In the Ural Mountains or whatever, yes. and went, wait till you'll see what I've seen, and I gotta try this. I don't know if you're familiar with skiing, <laughs> but we only need one. Imagine water skiing, but you freeze the water and turn it on the slope. What you do, you see, you put both foot on one ski. It's a little wider, but a lot more fun. Did you make that up, Yuri? Yes, yes definitely, I definitely, I definitely did. did. I have not... Yeah. Uh, now we start the X Games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's wearing a fur-lined hoodie. Sure. Oh, just to hide his face. I think a lot of my hang-ups with the, with the ones that aren't my favorites is I see the movie that could have been. Yeah. And with View to a Kill, I have nothing to back this up, but I just have a sneaking suspicion that a movie where Bond goes up against a genetically engineered Aryan Superman mm-hmm. over computer chips and I'm fucks following. Grace Jones and yeah. parachutes off the Eiffel fucking tower, that script was designed for a young Bond. Probably, yeah. And imagine. Yeah. I don't, as you were speaking, I just kept hearing bells go ding, ding, yeah. ding, yeah. ding. Checking uh-huh. the list. I love it. I'm no, in. Keep talking. But imagine if it wasn't a 60 year old man doing it. Yeah. Yes. 58. But again, I think that is part of the charm of that movie. Uh, charitable term. I mean, it goes bonkers. It embraces it the entire film. The Remy Julian car chase with the car getting not just 
bisected, but like the top, it just gets diced smaller and smaller, like a cartoon, like literally like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's so stupid. And then that (laughs) that bus jump is amazing. Yes, that movie. I got to tell you about that. The 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 fire truck chase. I just as a child, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I knew they could do that. That we will never see real stunts that cartoony again because it will. They can do that CG yeah. wise. They do comedic stunts CG wise, but yeah. that's like a lot of life to risk for something so <laughs> stupid. You know, that that has to be appreciated. That's I for think sure. at yeah. the end of the day, it was all worth it. Definitely. If, if even if uh, if even five people died, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a fair point. And I can't, I can't keep a mad wishing a movie was a thing that it wasn't. Yeah, boy, I I, I love the uh, Roger Ebert just takedown of that film oh tell me uh he uh on Siskel and Ebert he just like leans so hard into the ridiculousness of Zorn's plan he points out that if you're flooding Silicon Valley you're not flooding the manufacturers you're flooding your customer base the manufacturing all happens in Japan this is the worst plan a Bond villain has ever had. That's the issue he takes with the film. That's, That's the issue the he takes with the issue. But I could just see him getting all hot and bothered in the theater. Yeah. Like leaning over to Gene going like, you fucking believe what they're trying to do? You know they're all made in Japan, right? Shifting in his seat, huffing and puffing. <laughs> and Siskel is over there going, just enjoy the film. It's brilliant. <laughs> what is wrong with you? This is the best movie. Roger Moore is great. Um, but yeah, View to a Kill. I, I, it's my, it is my favorite now we were talking or before you got here about how these lists are so fluid and organic and they change them to, totally if, if I came at you another week would View to a Kill not be your number one uh, it would be Octopus if you came at me another week uh, so View to a Kill would shift to my number one pretty regularly it mm-hmm. isn't right now but it would frequently yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. but uh, well on to the last one which I believe we share and I think that's the only one left right live and yep, let it die it is live and let deep Phil and I have the same number one right live on. and let die um, Live and Let Die. Always been one of my favorites. So far away for me. And I will tell you, there were times when Live and Let Die would be my number one. Yeah. So what changed, do you think? Uh, I think my time with Matt Gourley uh, has... Uh, I soured really... you on that movie? No. You've made me more appreciate oh. late phase Roger Moore movies. Okay, well, if I have one mission in life, it is to <laughs> you, bring late phase Moore to the... You have really uh, warmed me to them in a, in a space where I thought, you know, as a kid, I think Live and Let Die for me was... was I just thought it was very cool and I thought it was very uh, 70s, very yeah. black exploitation-y, very like... I mean, when I was a kid, uh, I would... My parents would let me rent whatever I wanted. So, you know... Foxy Brown and uh, and Shaft were movies that early in my life were movies that I enjoyed and watched. Yeah, yeah. I just I watched them as a kid and um, I loved this. I loved that flavor getting into this movie. Yeah, and I and I really enjoyed that. But as a as a as a grown man in my thirties. Hanging around with this asshole over here, I just was like, you know what? I got I got room for camp. Sure. <laughs> I watched this movie as I said last week, and I really enjoyed it. And then this is the first time that I caught the strange parallel between Solitaire and Severin from Skyfall, where he basically comes in and says, like, oh. she's saying, like, get me out of here. This man 
is like, I'm a kept woman. Help mm-hmm. me. Can you kill him? And it, it was really the parallel struck me. that I'd huh. never really noticed that before. And he's basically saying, I'll do that for you. Just stick with me. Help me out and I'll do that with you. You know, mm. it doesn't end well for one of them. But yeah, I won't say which. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming most of you listeners have never seen these films. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's fabulous. Um, but I think, you know, entering the role first time in, he, you're, it's very, I think the suits in this movie are so 70s. Mm. I he think looks he goes so good in that he does look great. outfit. He does oh. look great. But it is a, it is a, it is a, I feel like they are always fashion forward with James Bond, but I feel like they always try to keep it as traditionally fashion forward yeah. as they can. And Which I feel I think like is with good. this one, they just were no. like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hallmark of his run. He's sort of wearing things that are very in the moment that yeah. aren't going to look classic yeah. in a year. Right. And yeah. so you see him wearing something different. Well, Safari jackets and whatnot. And then this one, he's wearing powder blue, like flare denim jeans and a <laughs> denim jacket and then a low scoop neck tank top. Yes. And he is tan as George Hamilton in this movie. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, so this is a uh, a movie that I, uh, for me, iconically, it's the turtleneck. It's the black. Yeah. It's the black turtleneck. Sure. Which, yeah, they, they really drew on that for Spectre again. So, too. I mean, yeah. such a... Such an homage, but also such a like, why? Why are we doing that again? Why are we doing that outfit? It was just a direct lift. What, Inspector? I mean, yeah. Well, it's 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 not shown that way in the film at all. Right. No, I know. It's just a yeah, Because he, yeah. he has, in the poster for Spectre, he also has the shoulder the, hoster. Is it yeah. with a, like, Smith with and Wesson? With, like, a magnet. Yeah. A big old uh, revolver. Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah, and that, that is that's the only time in the Bond films where you see him using what feels like a very American gun. But right. this was the seventies and I know the Broccoli and Salzman were keen on kind of shifting things more American at this time, especially with the f- movie before being Diamonds Are Forever when mm-hmm. they put it in Vegas and there was that rumor of Burt Reynolds being right. considered for the role. Yeah. So I bet this was like when were the Dirty Harry movies? Was 71. this one? Yeah, yeah. His so gun is a direct response yeah. to Dirty Harry. Wow. I love that uh, you know that that weird experimentation is what I was talking about earlier where the every guy's first movie is a little less cookie cutter and yeah. that's what I love about Live and Let Die it's more colorful it's it's uh, a little more weird it's a little more not afraid to try something different and yeah. at the same time as a kid I remember seeing it and loving the the gadgetry the the, the watch that you know could pull the spoon and and uh, and also had the saw and uh we see his apartment yeah we it, see his apartment but for the q is time. noticeably absent not just in that he's not in it but why i mean they send money penny and m to his apartment you it wouldn't kill you to put a third person in there why is q not in it i think it was a scheduling thing really i'm not sure if that's wow. the deal i think desmond llewellyn was doing something and he wasn't mm. able to um i love the idea of it's a behind the scenes thing but that Roger Moore was apparently like in enormous pain the entire time for this movie. Well, this segues us, I think, perfectly into talking about this book. Ah. So tell us that story. Tell us any of the other tidbits. You've written a, another great article about this on Birth Movie's Death. Yeah. And so give us the highlights as we kind of start to wrap this up. So somebody thought it would be a good idea for Roger Moore to keep a diary 
of the filming of Live and Let Die. Was that person Roger Moore? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Some brilliant human. Someone yeah. published it. Some god with the foresight cool. of what's good in the world. Um, and the book is, is pretty much his day-to-day accounting of the film. And, and it's what's crazy about it is that there's no filter. The, uh, clearly no publicist was involved in this. He talks shit on Harry Saltzman almost every other page that confirms my <laughs> suspicions he just talks shit on him and, and about how harry's screaming about money and how harry's terrible to local uh, restaurant help you know <laughs> and uh and it's all very funny about how he's like fucking with him about the money until you realize that harry saltzman was destitute almost and had to sell his stock and then like two years later he was selling his share of yeah. the bond rates um but moore is very self-deprecating in spots he's very um just so candid. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna try to find you a quick little spot here. Where I, I love it. I'm so excited about this. This is a very special moment. Should I? Which, what, what music should I put under this? Oh gosh, I'm oh. gonna put something on. Oh. Live and let die. Yeah, here. might as well be live and let die. Uh, let me pull that on. Good grief. When you were young and your heart <laughs> wasn't open. Now, I cannot do a Roger Moore impression. Sorry to say. Harry cornered me at lunch for our floating gin rummy game, and this time I broke even, which is like winning when you're playing with Harry. He left early in a glum mood because he has to pay for today's production costs out of his own pocket. Or perhaps it was because I stirred it up by telling him that whatever our stunt driver was being paid for his 50-foot leaps, it was not enough, and that I told the stunt driver the same and told him to get an agent. (laughs) (laughs) Told him to get an agent. Just just being shitty. That's Um, fabulous. What is... Uh, uh, he talked about his morning workout, his knees bend workout. Let's <laughs> hear about this. Knees bend workout. Yeah. This is now, let me just set the scene for you now. Daniel Craig is a personal trainer on set. The man's working out uh, furiously to maintain the body that he has for James Bond. Now let's yeah. take a step back to the early 70s and let's hear what Roger Moore is up to. Roger Moore typically in this book is watching morning chat shows. Uh, he throws some shade at the Gabor sisters while he does his morning knees bend workout. In this particular instance, he says, uh, Day 22 started off on a very black note when in the middle of my knees bend morning workout, Mike Jones, my hairdresser, telephoned from London to tell me he would not be joining me in Jamaica as a unit hairdresser after all. Mike, who chopped off my locks for Bond, has been with me for several years, but out of two hairdressers on the unit list, it was decided to only bring one to Jamaica. (laughs) Harry chose to axe my man, which displeased me no end. I finished my workout in a furious mood and flung my breakfast toast across the room in rage. (laughs) Roger Moore is definitely the most personable Bond, but also clearly the most vain. Oh my god. I can't have my hairdresser. This toast be gone. What is the thing where he he basically says he knows who killed Kennedy? Oh, my God. That is... Spectacular. Yeah, he was... He was Jim uh, Garrison. About to wrap New right. Orleans, his New Orleans shoot, and he says... Uh, Jim Garrison, the district attorney of New Orleans, who conducted his own investigation into the assassination of Kennedy, invited me, along with a couple of FBI agents, to his office to view some film. I am not at liberty to disclose what I saw but it left no doubt in my mind that it was not Oswald who fired the fatal shot. See, at this time, we didn't have the benefit of the Oliver Stone film that told us all of this, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's good shit. Uh, that is unbelievable. Ja- see, James Bond on the hunt of who killed Kennedy? Come on, it ties oh, in. Gosh. Kennedy well, was a Bond fan. that's the fucking beauty of The Rock. Oh, right. The, that's the beauty yeah. of The Rock, where you're like, maybe it is James Bond. <laughs> yeah. I'll share one last thing with you, Nell. Please. Then we'll put this book away. But uh, 
Let's see. Day two of filming. It's my birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. <laughs> Wake, he, he's, he's just he writing says. to himself. Yeah. Happy birthday, Happy me. birthday. Waking up this Saturday morning to the 6 o'clock alarm was a nasty shock. I limped around the room on my paralyzed leg, trying to do my morning knees-bend workout. <laughs> I was in such a black mood, I started giving Louisa hell. Louisa is his wife at the time. She wasn't at fault. I suppose I was resenting the fact that my leg was hurting, and she hadn't mentioned the fact that it was my birthday. Well, that's fair. Uh -huh. I decided I needed my favorite laxative cereal, All Bran. Room service seemed determined not to understand when I asked for All Bran. All what? said a deep southern voice over the telephone. The head waiter settled, settled it with, give him a bowl of cornflakes. Louisa handed me my case, and as I took it by the handle, it fell open, scattering everything. She scooped the things back, and I slammed out with, you didn't even remember it was my birthday. Oh. Just yelling at his wife, and then writing about it, and then telling you about it. I have to read this, and your copy is pristine. I don't know if it's pristine, for but... I want as to good say as they get. It is now yours. No, no, I can't take that. I paid five dollars on Amazon for. This. But do you have another? I don't have another. No, we can't. We're gonna order our own. You're, Phil? Gonna, you're not gonna find your own. Is the problem? These things. Here's here. If you feel so badly about it, send it back after you read it. Okay. Well, I, I will borrow it to read it, and then maybe I'll let you read it. And yeah. I mean, I will, I'm gonna take a gander really right kind of, now. I read try the whole find thing. A copy. That's please, really kind. Please of enjoy you. it. That's because I know that's he's your very... favorite. And he passed away on your birthday. Oh. And he was mad on his birthday in that book. That's very touching. Yeah, Thank man. you very much. No, no problem. Oh, that's very nice. Well, uh, Phil. Sir. Thank you so much for sharing your favorite and least favorite Roger oh, Moore film. Thank you for having me. I and just to more. wrap this up, since you do handle the news for Birth Movies Death, we can very quickly talk about how there's just a absence of news for Bond yeah. 25. And yeah. We don't um, know anything except maybe they've done some scouting and that our Purvis and Wade back on the job. So there's a tabloid writer in England named Baz... No, Baz Bamigboy, I think is his name. I'm going to probably <laughs> get that wrong. It's, fucking, it's his it. fault. But here's I mean, the thing. He was, he was in a rag in England, and he was right with every one of his Spectre scoops last time. Uh -huh. So he said that Purvis and Wade are doing a treatment. So that's fine. Okay. Uh, that was a week after they'd said... We don't even know how you do a Bond movie in this post-Trump era. <laughs> right. So we'll see what happens. Um, but it's been very quiet. And as I said earlier, I suspect it has something to do with them letting him have the spotlight for his Soderbergh movie. Yeah. For Logan Lucky. Like, if that does well, that could be a supporting nomination for him, which would be kind of cool. Uh -huh. But I think they want to sort of let him have that moment before they say anything. But yeah. I think, as you were saying, the silence is probably at this point meaning that he is coming back. Mm. Do you mm. think he'll do one or two? Because Yeah, I agree. I think one. it'll be one. You think he's one and done? There was you the rumor for two. You think two. they're not backing up the Brinks truck with $150 million? I honestly don't think he should Producer do credit. Because I felt like he was phoning it in a tiny bit, Inspector. Yeah. And I'd like, Where do they go? That is a good question. I think they do the on Her Majesty's opening where she gets killed. What else can you do? He's married. Fleming wise, the girl is always gone at the beginning of the next story. Yeah, like it's never a big deal. Sometimes there's a line. I don't think they'll do that though. So I think case moved in with him. In yeah, the books, I know. And it was like, yeah, she left. Yeah, I think that that's what they'll do. You really think they'll just off between movies? She's gone. It didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Well, then I think if they do that, though, they'll still really take this character arc through and he'll be depressed as you hell. You could even something. see her. I think you could, it could come across very early in the cold open that she has been killed. 
And that he is. You on don't a think hunt? they'll do as an on Her Majesty's Secret? They're already pulling they him can't. in live and let die costumes. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, the Spectre script ended with him telling her, "We have all the time in the world." I didn't know that. Oh my away. God! Why didn't that see? Stay it's in? clearly on their mind. Come it on. It was, but it got cut, so now it's nothing. It, I mean, it might not mean and anything. I will remind you too that they shot the ending of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, but they thought they might use her death for the opening of the next film. Right. So maybe that's where they're headed with it. That was fifty years ago. Boy, yeah. Boy, yeah. Boy. I feel like here's the thing: if they start with killing her, then that sets the tone for another grim Bond movie, and I'd love to see him kind of just shake loose. You're, Again, you're in the same camp here. Again, that was sort of always that's always been our problem with these Bond movies after the first one that the actor steps into uh, lately, i.e. Brosnan and then uh, Craig, where you're just like, why are you on your heels so much? But then can they why do four movies that are of the same narrative arc and then just do a fifth movie that's like, here we go, it's a, a one-off. Let's talk about how silly the um, opening credits of... Uh, Spectre are with the villains, and you're like, why? Why are we just trying? Why are we tying this all in? Yeah, trying to make a Marvel universe. Why are we doing this? Why are we trying to make a shared universe that only exists with one character? (laughs) And I do think that abandoning the thread is sort of in its own way a fine Bond tradition. Absolutely, but they're not like Blofeld's introduced for one movie, and then they just leave him behind. I think he's gonna. I think she's gonna die, and it's gonna be a movie about killing Blofeld. It's gonna be the novel you only live twice. Mm. Well, that's I'm going on record. I didn't mean to. I didn't know I was going to go this heavy. Well, well remember our massive but... Spectre trailer breakdown where we were just like, "This is Honor Majesty's Secret Service again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, yeah, it still may it. be. I, I'm doubling down. <laughs> but again, point to point to history where you had three films with Blofeld in a row, and and none of them had anything to do with one another. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they could they could just sort of lean away from some of that brother stuff and from uh, the, uh, that I wouldn't mind that the continuity and and. Make one that could be a take it or leave it standalone. I'd love it. I mean, ideally, that'd be great. Um, yeah. Every time there's going to be news, we're going to have to check in with Phil and find out what's what's doing. You good for that, Phil? I am 100 percent into that. That's a great idea. We're glad to have you. We're glad to be back. We're glad to uh, finally be back in the Aston Martin. Yeah. I don't know how three of us fit in here. It's a two seater. It's ridiculous. Um. But, uh, Phil, uh, what would you like to plug your website? Would you like to plug? Yeah, I'm, I'm showing up on Birth Movies Death. As soon as there's more Bond 25 news, I'll have more to say about that. Um, but beyond being here, as like exciting as that is for me, I'm excited that you guys are back. Oh, thanks. Like, I really miss like turning out my phone and seeing that there was a new one. Yeah. Uh, it was like a thing. I would check it. It is, be- a, it is. I will say that somehow over the course of us disappearing, Mm-hmm. Our audience has grown tremendously. <laughs> well, it's because we're not doing episodes. <laughs> you think that's what it is? People don't want to hear it. They like it in theory, but yeah. they don't like it. Um, so we heard what you said. We uh, we acknowledged what you said. And Matt and I said, let's do it. Not only that, but let's do it once a week for let's a year. Do it once a week for at least a year. At Who least a year. Who knows where yeah, we go that's right. that. You're making that claim right now. Well, well we yeah, we are contractually obliged. Contractually, we're contractually <laughs> so obligated. So if that to gives the it. listeners some solace. I don't to be like this. No, we're happy to do it. Let me say, over the next year, you're going to get at least 50 of these. That's right. We'll be covering some of the things people have requested. We'll probably take a look at the Becoming Bond documentary, some of the knockoff films. Absolutely. We're going to talk about uh, Becoming Bond. We're going to talk about your your, your In Like Flints. We're going to be talking about your Austin Powers. We're going to be talking about... Oh, Oh, I, I didn't realize you were spinning off. 
OSS. Yeah. You got to do those. Yeah. Well, that video game stuff, probably. OSS yeah. Yeah. We I've are, never seen them, but yeah. So good. We are opening it up. Uh, Kingsman, everyone's been asking us to touch touch on the Kingsman. You guys need to do a Kingsman. Yeah. Which I have not seen. Oh. What? Yeah. I saw it. You know when you're talking about watching Octopussy 100 times? Yeah. I've watched Kingsman 15 times. Mm. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's watchable as hell. Someone did uh, the actions. I've seen the action scene in the in the church. Yeah. Um, and someone cut that with a 70s pop song <laughs> to be like, if the Kingsman was Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. And it's fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's fantastic. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I should say anything, but there's something in the mail coming for you guys. Oh, oh and, Phil, you spoil us. Yes. It's, um, it's technically contraband, but you're going to want to do at least a segment on it. Should I tell you? Yeah. So what? do you know about Bond going into public domain in Canada? Yes. There's a collection of short stories that they, they had a legal window where they could do them. And uh, a can, one of the writers in that book sent me a copy, and I started reading it, and my jaw started falling open. And it's, it's either a great argument for or against uh, intellectual property copyright, uh-huh. depending on how much you enjoy Open sourcing uh, intellectual property. These stories are fucking crazy. And they put them in sort of Bond's... Uh, biographical chronology so it starts with him at like at the boarding school oh my my god and there's and it ends with him in a retirement home and (sighs) the stories are I'm glad to see he survives oh my god so I have a friend in Canada who's sneaking me two more copies across the border and I'm excited to hear you guys I can't wait I love it I can't wait Uh, very quickly before we go I just I'd like to ask everybody's opinion uh, starting now of what if it had been Sean Connery in Skyfall and it had been a home for retired agents? Would that have broken the world for you and destroyed your mind? It would, it would have been worse than making Blofeld his brother. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot that they did that. Yeah. That's Austin Powers. Yeah. It sure is. I that like That's one of those things where you're like, I blocked that out of my mind. Yeah. I did block that out of my mind. Yeah. I suspect that when the current regime steps, steps down and the, the new Wilson... The yeah, the young over. little guy, yeah. I think he's going to go code name. Like when he's running this thing in 10 no, years. No, he can't go I'm still hoping they'll do a period piece. He can't go code name. Because you've already got this Daniel Craig through line. It's too hard to to start modern time again. I would love them to just do a 60s piece. Well, I think that's that continuity issue that's going to make them go code name. Because a period piece will be expensive. Yes, it will be. They, they've never shied away from that. But here's the thing: when you do a period piece, your all your fucking product tie-ins gone. Oh, man, really? I mean, I don't know. What, but I mean, was Heineken around back then? It was, but it's not the same when you're when they're showcasing their new bottle and their new you oh. know you know when Aston Martin's oh, like we can roll out this new model yeah. when Ford's like here take this Land Rover you know it's it's Omega well, wants us idiots to go buy these things yeah. like, they, that'd be do. amazing if they would do it like vintage Ford Mustang like in Man with the Golden Gun and old Heineken bottle it would be it would be very cool but I think that the the way the money is with these movies now yeah. I just think they can't they can't That's step away from product really tie-in. Good point. They cost. They, if that's the reason they don't do it, they pay that's down. They pay horrible. down so much of that. The I cost know. of that movie for them. Like <sighs> I think. I think Heineken paid fifty million dollars or something. See, Ludicrous. well, then they should get new sponsors like um, Lucky Strike or you know something that you don't get any much, but that's trying to make a comeback or something. <laughs> Lucky sure. Strike is bad. <laughs> See us in the new James Bond film. And it's cool again. Bizquick. Uh, 
All right, all right, and Phil. Thank you. It has been a long time coming. We were glad to have you, and it was wonderful to finally meet you. It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you so much for coming, and uh, James, James Bond will, will return. return. All right. James Bond Think Podcast. James Bond Think Podcast. James Bond Think Podcast. James Bond Think Podcast. Man and man and James Bond Think Podcast. This episode of James Bonding was brought to you by Mack Weldon. They've got smart design, premium fabrics, and a simple shopping experience. Mack Weldon underwear is definitely better than whatever you're currently wearing. That's right. In addition to looking great, all Mack Weldon products are crafted with natural fibers that have built-in performance capabilities, so they work hard, too. You can get your silver underwear. That is naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. All of that. And it's shipped right to your door. If you don't like your first bear, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. The point is, go to MacWeldon.com, get 20% off your purchase using the promo code BONDING. You won't find that anywhere else. 20% off, promo code BONDING. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.